broadcasting from the third coast and recorded live at Tripod South Studio. This is The Hango Show. So the end of the day, um, I was in town and the guy that I've been getting uh, my minnows from for Columbus, uh, he's been he's been off on vacation. And so all last week I had to I had to go uh, get goldfish and stuff like that, and uh, just to have feeder fish around from the pet store. And um, I usually alternate minnows and goldfish and worms, and you know I mean I, I feed them different stuff just to give them a variety, a good, good variety for the diet. Yeah, man, I like everybody to eat good, even my pets. And, uh, <laughs> and so anyway, so I finally got back to the guy, uh, he came back in town and I, and, uh, so I took my bucket down there and I told him, I said, Hey, I need to go ahead and grab some minutes from you. And he said, well, there may be a few left in there. He goes, I'm, I'm getting to a point where I'm about to quit buying them for a while. Cause it's just so hot. People aren't fishing like they, like they were when it wasn't as hot. And I'll pick it back up around September. And I was like, okay. So while, um, we go in there and he starts, you know, dipping out, you know, a few here and there. And, and finally he's like, man, just let me get this big net out. So he takes the big net and he just starts scraping, just, you know, going deep and scraping the bucket, man. And everything that he was pulling out that was alive, he would just throw off in my bucket. He's like, I'm just going to clean it out and give you whatever we got. So in this batch of minnows was this huge, big shiner minnow, man. This thing was probably four and a half inches long and about... I don't know, a good solid inch and a half wide, about the same uh, mass as about four or five of the big minnows that I've been feeding him. Yeah. Would have fit perfectly in my back. (laughs) 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 It wasn't that big. (laughs) Jeez, dude. That's a chunk of jello. so anyway, man, when my brother Mike came over after work uh, the next night or so, I showed him. I'd been I'd been saving. I was like, I was like, what do you think about this? Because Columbus is up. He's probably a little bit over a pound, you know. Now, and I was like, man, I'm gonna put this in there, and all he's gonna do is just bite at it, you know, and 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 bully him until he dies. And Mike's like, oh no, man, he'll he'll eat that. And I'm like. Dude, I mean, this is a huge. They could end up being best friends, though. You never know. I, I, you know, I considered the I considered the fact that they both may maybe you know swimming around and stuff in there, but he just he's so territorial. I just didn't see it happening for very long. Anyway, so we decided we'd go ahead and throw him over into the tank. Man, I, Columbus was just. I mean, he hit him like two or three times, and um and and the little, and and the guy. He, I mean, the little guy, the the mena, He goes and hides the best he can. Um, in the tank, I got some, some stuff in there and he was hiding behind it and Columbus kept coming around to him to the front so he could get a headshot, you know, to get him down. Finally, he got it. And this meant this minnow, this big shiner minnow that he had it, you could see the head of it in his belly and he still had like back of his, like, like about half inch of his tail a body and then the like the fan of the tail hanging out of his mouth he's just out there swimming around with this thing hanging out and i told mike i was like dude he's gonna choke ain't no way he can get that down man he's gonna shit a a tootsie roll with with that fish oh man i don't know it was a lot of it was a lot of uh 
I mean, we sat there and watched him swim around with it for probably 30 minutes, man. I thought you were going to say, like, the men who, like, muscled up. No, 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 man. He <laughs> tried, finally, to eat, tried to eat him. He finally got it down. I was just I was just thinking, there ain't no way. But Mike was telling me, he's like, man, the lure that I actually caught him on was almost as big as he was, man. <laughs> <laughs> he just balls him up from the get-go. <laughs> he's a mean eater. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Hango Show. It's your host, Hango Wood, and tonight I got the boys. I got both the boys back tonight. Got Harpoon here and a special guest. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> Been here for years. <laughs> How y'all doing tonight? Great. Good. Right, Jut, do you want to tell your story? I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How many listeners do you want? Uh, we'll, we'll put a we'll put a caveat here. It's, it, it's if you have a weak stomach, this could be bad. Um, so listener discretion is advised. If you get triggered by, by tales of surgery, you, you may want to skip this. Harpoon, do you want to leave the room? I almost called you Hango. <laughs> I can't get it. I can't get it. You'll get all pukey again? No, nah, I'm going to try to. I, if I, I, I might just lay my head you, on the had, table you here. You had man. to get a, a seat. You got the vapors earlier. We talked about it. Yeah. So I just want to make sure. No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Right. Uh, I'll try to keep it. As PG thirteen as possible. Thirteen as possible. It's really not that bad. Uh, it just felt like hell. So, uh, about a, the, the day before, we were going on vacation to Chattanooga. Um, I was on just kind of straightening out my back because I knew it was going to be a ride, and uh, got this yoga wheel at home that you just roll on. And it kind of straightens out your back, releases pressure. One of those chirp things. That what it is. It's like a big, like a hubcap or a wheel. Yeah, yeah. And you just lay on it. And it's got a rubber mat wrapped on it, yeah, right. wrapped around it. So, yeah, I was using that. And apparently I had I had, had a, a, just a sebaceous cyst on my back for several years and just never had anything done about it because it didn't bother me. Was uh, that from that bullet one? Yeah, yeah. That was my 50-cent moment. <laughs> but, <clears throat> no, it was just it was just there. I didn't never thought about it. And apparently I rolled back far enough to where it compressed it, and it, it, I guess it burst. Did you know you had done it when it happened? I had no idea. Okay. No clue. I, I don't know if you had any it didn't hurt. feeling there. No, it, it didn't hurt at all. And so we get on, we get to you know our destination, and me and my brother-in-law went out that, the day we got there and played a, uh, nine holes of disc golf, went back the next day and played eight, almost 18. Um, so the whole time, you know, that repetitive motion – you know, I'm right-handed, so I was just slinging discs all day. And <clears throat> so apparently that pushed whatever was in was in there to just to the left of the original cyst area. So it tunneled, you know, through the skin and created another spot. And uh, so I noticed when we got back home that day, it was, you know, it was hot. It was kind of hot to the touch. And I noticed I was getting these just chills in the night. It wasn't cold. I mean, we're in the middle of summer here, but I was getting cold chills. So I was like, okay, I've done, I've done fucked it up. <laughs> I fucked it up. You know, so we get home and I go see, you know, a local clinic. And as soon as I took, as soon as I raised my shirt, the nurse was like, ooh. And I was like, that's not what you want to do. No. Oh, it don't, looks bad. No. Don't do that. You're a professional. <laughs> yeah, right. So, You're supposed to be stone faced about and it. And the, the, I mean, 
immediately the words out of her mouth was, we're probably going to have to send you to a surgeon. Oh. And I was like, what the <laughs> Before fuck? the doctor you get <laughs> sent off. So anyway, uh, they got, they, you know, of course, lanced and got what they could. Cleaned it up. Told me to go home. Start these antibiotics. Do that just in case it was infected or whatever. If it was carrying any kind of bacteria. So they did a culture. Sent it off. Came back negative for 14 different whatevers. Um, so that kind of ruled out staff right. at that point. That's what they were really worried about. That's what they were treating it as just in case. So I was on these massive horse pills uh, for 10 days. And I went back after the first week. They took a look at it again and said, it, nothing's changing. You know, it looks less red in that one spot. We're going to go ahead and refer you to a surgeon. So within the week, I was at the surgeon's office, um, and uh, I thought it would just be like a consultation. Just like, okay, here's what we need to do, blah, 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 blah. Nope. They cut me that day. <laughs> uh, Surprise. So, yeah, numbed me up, cut me open, um, said, hey, guess what? We can't stitch it because of infection. We're worried about that, and we don't want it to abscess. I was like, great. So what now? Do I have to come back every day and let you pack it? And Nancy was like, nah, I can do it. <laughs> like, you you do medical billing. You don't do medical. <laughs> you know a lot of doctors. You're not one. And she was like, man, she's an absolute rock star the whole time, though. Of course. Um, she's done it. And uh, amazing. Because I would have been throwing up everywhere if I had to do it. Wow. Um but job, yeah, Lord. the first, you know, they got, they think they got pretty much, well, they pulled two sacks and, uh, <clears throat> it was the first couple of weeks. It was super, super painful to pack and unpack and all that stuff, but had to do it. You know, I definitely didn't want to end up in a worse situation, oh, have to get sure. infected and get into my spine. You got that shit right. Uh, so yeah, it's going well. Um, almost done with the packing process at, at this point um they said it would take about six weeks to recover from you know the the initial cut so going well great um i went back to the surgeon actually on my birthday um happy birthday thanks uh, <laughs> and uh he said looks great covered it back up sent me out of the office that'd be 60 bucks <laughs> great <laughs> thanks doc you get a gold star you got yeah. sent home yeah like, I'm used to getting money on my birthday, not giving it away. It's fine. But anyway, so and it, it's healing really well. Um, glad to be back here, man. I've missed the hell out of it. Well, shit, we've missed and, having uh, you around here. Yeah, we thank y'all sure. for the calls and, and, and everything in between, uh, offering help or whatever. I appreciate Probably. it greatly. You know, we uh, we had Brandy sit in, sit in your seat with her tiny head <laughs> at, first, at first week you were gone. And then I think the uh, the week, the next time, it was just, just me and Harpoon on here. We've definitely missed having you around. I mean, on the last episode, I was like, I'm going to get Jeff back in here, man. We need some one-liners going on between all this. <laughs> <laughs> What's been going on with you, Harpoon? Anything going on this week? Oh, let's see. Um, uh, got a lot of catering coming up. Um, at, at work, we've got uh, we got a wedding that was some wedding going. stuff going on. It's that time stuff. of year, yeah. And um, got some fundraisers moving, so um, 
I need some help, man. I just say any news on the I, I employment need, front. Um, no, I, well, actually, I've got one kid that's been he's shown up, I guess, three weekends now, which usually means, you know, that they'll stick around for a little bit anyway. You know, um, you haven't learned his name yet, have you? There's no reason. Yet. <laughs> so you, got, you got five yeah. more weekends before I get to know your on, name, man. kid. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to name him Gone in August. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if he's there in, in the fall. <laughs> I'll give him a nickname till then or something. But. Well, he picked the best time to start. <laughs> yeah, and I, actually, man, this guy, this guy now, I, he really has surprised me that he's stuck around because he's a big guy. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a uh, not a linebacker, but a lineman, a lineman at the local high school. So this guy is... He's ever bit of 300 pounds. Yeah. And, you know, but he works out in the morning. They have workouts, you know, in the morning. They're doing their summer practices and stuff like that now. And uh, so by the time he comes to work, you know. He's gassed, I he's, bet. Well, he's already been sweating all day. Right. So it's he comes up in new. there. Yeah. He's just, this is another couple of hours. It's the sauna, him. man. <laughs> yeah. It is. <laughs> so, it's, it's that kitchen, We talk about it a lot on here. That kitchen is uh, a whole new kind of heat. And There's just no escape from it. And with all this rain, how humid, humid it, it is. is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all the flour and stuff that's in the kitchen and you're sweating and everything's wet and whatever, man, it just makes that gravy all up and down your arm that you're just constantly washing off, you know? Yeah. How about you, uh, besides your, your surgery, anything been going on at the shop at all? Not much. Same old, same old, same old, same old. It was a, you know, I was, when when I got back from the surgery, I just, I just kind of played it by ear. I stayed up there as long as I could during the day. I didn't press anything. You know, if I felt like I needed to go home, I went home. Yeah. Uh, and just shut it down. But uh, only had to do that for a couple of days. And then, I, you know, once it started the healing process, it was a... You know, it just it was just super uncomfortable to move any which way. Did that give you any pain pills or anything? Yeah. Um, they, uh, you know, gave me a... What the hell was it? Uh, oxycodone. Um, but it was only enough for seven days. Mm. So uh, they, they, he was like, take one an hour before you unpack, hour before you pack. Uh, like, okay. So I was waking up at the same time Nancy was getting up every morning so she could do it before she went to work. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, pop a oxy in the morning, go to work. <laughs> oxy in the morning. Oxy, oxy in the, oxy morning, in the evening. Night. Yeah, oxy at night. <laughs> So they gave me enough for seven days of that, 15, 15 pills, so two a day, seven, roughly. Um, so the, the 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 week after that, uh, it still hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that was an interesting week. And that's why God with, gave uh, us whiskey. With no pain pills, but uh, yeah, I was still I was still taking antibiotics, so I couldn't drink. Oh, oh. no. And uh, I, 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 cut, I didn't drink at all the whole time. You know, I was, I was just like, I want to get better. Yeah. And I noticed um, that a lot of the pain in my joints, my hands, swelling and everything was from that drinking. Yeah. And uh, I was like, shit. <laughs> that's decisions, decisions. That sucks. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> you mean when I don't drink, but, I get better? Yeah. <laughs> you mean I feel better when I don't drink. Damn. <laughs> right. But yeah, so I've, I've cut way, way back, uh, which is good. You know, yeah. I don't feel like shit every minute and uh you know it's just good not to hurt everywhere it is <laughs> you know a couple of spots is fine but yeah i just wanted to you know speed up the healing process as much as possible and get it over with 
and uh, so I could get back to drinking and hurt. Yeah. Let <laughs> me get this wound healed so yeah. I can get drunk again. <laughs> yeah, but nothing new at the shop. But you're same looking, old, same old. You're looking better, man. You look healthier. Thanks. Yeah, I feel better. You've been working out too, I feel a right? lot better. I have, yeah, a little bit here and there. Um, just downtime, doing curls, lifting, you know, stretching more, trying to keep in some kind of shape. So but, uh, working out and stop. Um, I'm drinking, drinking as yeah, much. Yeah, so man. You're a regular um, Richard Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get you them shorts, son. Yeah, I'll wear them. I won't. I won't. <laughs> For the sake of mankind, I won't wear those. Um, what about you, man? How much I, weight is, I mean, I know you're, you're big on the diet and all haven't this. lost any more weight. Still 20 pounds down. Hadn't lost none, hadn't gained none. But like I told Tink, I said, man, my, my clothes fit better. <clears throat> so I don't know if the, the fats migrate in other parts of my body or what it is. Your muscles weighing heavier. So you think it's what it is? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to do that. I want the number to go down. No, but, but, but your body weight, you know, I mean, even though it's not moving in the direction, the number, it, and the, what's relocating, man, is that your body's building muscle, which is heavier and your, well, that's and true. Fat, yeah. You know, I even told her <clears throat> toning up yesterday. I, I got on the scale. I'm like, psh, psh, still at 330, you know? And, uh, she's like, I wonder, I was like, I'm not even sweating the number. I said, I feel better. Um, my clothes are fitting better. So I know, I know stuff's still going good. Mm-hmm. Um, Has it gotten any easier for you, man? Oh yeah, have your, for sure. Not to have your snacks and things like that. I mean, I can still snack, but I, I have to make better, I'm making better choices in my snacks. I'm having a banana or a little bit, a little bit of cheese and some cashews for, for a snack, you know? Not not the not the not the four pound wheel of cheese that like we talked about last week. <laughs> Two cans of whiz, right? <laughs> easy, easy when you're driving. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, when I'm when I'm on my work week, it's easier because all I'm eating is when I get home in the morning. I'll have my you know bowl of oatmeal or or you know some oatmeal or, or some bacon and toast. You know, a couple slices of bacon with some toast, um, and then at night I just have. A lunchbox, and it's a couple turkey and cheese or ham and cheese sandwiches on rye. It's a, a bag of of uh, celery sticks, and then I have like a banana, some grapes, a couple pieces of cheese, some cashews. That's really healthy, and that's man. I mean that's that, it. You know, <laughs> um, that's slim. I, I had um, I actually had some caffeine yesterday for the first time in in two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, so that was <laughs> see Jut leaves everything. He quits drinking. I I quit being a fat ass. It's wow. <laughs> the world's changing. Uh, <laughs> ripping the matrix apparently. Um, but yeah, I had some had some caffeine yesterday just because I I was just dragging ass so bad. Like I I went and saw mom and pop, and I got up there on the couch, and I was like, I'm about to go to sleep. I'm about to go to sleep. And uh, mom said, we still have, like some. I had like some Mountain Dew Zeros over here with no sugar in them. So let me drink one. Of, I drank one of those. I felt good. You know, when I got home, I was sleepy again. I'm like, oh, great. I recorded, I recorded last night. <clears throat> but, uh, <clears throat> man. Anyway, and then I had, uh, had a glass of tea tonight with supper. That's all the caffeine I've had. Wow. And in, in, since I started this. So everything's going good. Um, work is work. It's been bloody. Been cool. Huh? <laughs> been bloody. Been bloody. A lot of blood running around there. Um, 
and so yeah, everything's going good on on my side. I mean, I've I've got no complaints. I've, I'm I'm into the routine of the diet now. Um, I know what what I know what I can and can't have. Um, haven't had any more the heart palpitation stuff going on, so I know I'm doing something right. I don't know if it's cutting out the caffeine that helped it, or if it's cutting out so much all all the salt and seasoning I was using. Mm-hmm. Um, have, you, have you thought about getting like a like a not necessarily like a smartwatch, but something, man, that'll that'll help keep up with like the calories. I don't and want your, the government tracking me. And, and, and <laughs> I don't. If you want to keep your chip on your arm, it's fine. But I, no, no, they ain't no. getting a hold of me. Yeah. No, no, man. I, <laughs> no, I mean, I've like, I've got like the uh, the health app on my phone. Okay. You know, yeah, it tracks steps something and to stuff. Help you. Yeah. I mean, it didn't matter what it was, man. Um, you get the news here. Let's see here. I got some good ones tonight. So I'm gonna start with the the big news here out of Meridian, Mississippi. Man robbed after filming porn at an abandoned building. Meridian police are investigating a case involving a robbery, a shooting, an adult film, and a naked man running through a residential neighborhood. Police say the armed robbery happened at an abandoned alternative school on Azell Drive, while three people were making an adult film. The bizarre crime happened around noon on a Sunday. Around noon. Nice. On a Sunday. Well, yeah. Welcome to Meridian, well, First folks. of all, that's a Tarantino movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like right when church gets out. Right. <laughs> Police say the robber, who was still naked from shooting the film, made the victim send him $200 through the cash app. The victim then tried to make a run for it, but was chased and shot by the naked robber, putting several holes in his car. In my seven years of doing this, this is one of the most unique incidents I've ever run across, said Detective Rochester Anderson. Police say they have the names of the two suspects they believe were involved in the robbery, but are waiting on additional evidence before making arrests. That's crazy, man. You know, <laughs> that's a lot to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like your back. Yeah. <laughs> What does a porn star on Sunday and Jig's back have in common? <laughs> well, it's a lot to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I was like, holy shit. You know, of, of all the, like you said, could you imagine coming home from church? You know, right yeah, straight out. Almost because he ran residential neighborhood. So people are coming home from church through the neighborhood or they're going to get something to eat. You're driving along, got the wife and kids in the car. <laughs> so a naked man comes scurrying across the road yeah. with, with bullet holes, you know. With bullet holes. Yeah, he got shot. Or got shot at, anyway. Yeah. It's the second coming. <laughs> That's the name of the film. The movie. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. Let's see here. Nevada cool. woman breaks into a dentist office and pulls 13 teeth from a patient. What the? Did she pulls somebody else's yeah. teeth? Yeah. <laughs> breaks in and hey, goes yanking. Read, read it again. A Nevada woman broke into a dentist office, stole money, and pulled 13 teeth from an unconscious patient on two separate occasions, according to Washaw County Police. Deputies alleged that Laurel Edge, who is, who is not a dentist, broke into a dental office. Whoop, it slid on me. Broke into a dental office, uh, stole money, and pulled 13 teeth from an unconscious patient. On two separate occasions, Etch allegedly stole $22,861 in cash and checks during the break-in. The Washaw County Sheriff's Office said in a press release, 
Meanwhile, the tooth extraction occurred on a different date than the break-in, Etch told detectives. She also admitted to using anesthetic uh, disposed of by the office, police said. Etch, 42 years old, was arrested Wednesday and charged with two counts of burglary and one count each of grand larceny, conspiracy to commit burglary and perform surgery on another without a medical license. Investigators did not say how they determined Etch to be the person of interest in the case, but they said that she, quote, admitted to multiple people, including deputies, that she had performed the medical procedure. <laughs> you know, first, when you were, until you said it was, they happened on different days, I thought to myself, like, how the hell is she breaking in, yes. snatching 22K, and then going and jerking out a half a handful of teeth? And be gone on multiple times. I mean, how's that even? They, why are they just doing leaving people men laid out? She broke in, got the money, and she and then she was like, you know what? I could do that job. And she broke back in and found somebody knocked out and just started yanking teeth out. That's what I'm saying, man. Do they just leave people knocked out laying around? They just leave the door open. To all the all the surgery rooms back there. Cool. There's no kind of like, there's no reception. There's no kind of security to say, hey, you can't. There's not some 21 year old sitting there in scrubs. <laughs> I mean, she'd have to get it, man. 13 teeth would take a second, wouldn't it? You would think. Yeah. And what about the person that got yanked? <laughs> I mean, right. all of a sudden you, you go in there for a cleaning and if somebody slips a gimmick over your head, man, you fall asleep and wake up bald-headed in the mouth. <laughs> bald-headed in the, in the mouth. mouth. That is the best term I've ever heard in my life. Boy, if you don't start, stop using that dip, you're going to wind up bald-headed in the mouth. <laughs> All right, the person who paid $30 million for a ticket into space with Jeff Bezos couldn't go due to scheduling conflicts. <laughs> okay. If you handed over $30 million to take part in something, you would imagine it, it you would imagine it being a pretty high priority in your diary. But the person who paid that amount to go into space with Jeff Bezos next week won't be on the spacecraft due to a scheduling conflict. Bezos's Blue Origin Company announced that the anonymous winner, who paid $27.9 million for the ticket, has other plans on July 20th. The replacement will be Oliver Demon, Dick Damon, an 18-year-old recent high school graduate. He took a gap year in 2020 to obtain his private pilot's license and plans to study physics and innovation management in the Netherlands. Uh, Damien's father... Jose Damien, CEO of Netherlands-based investment firm Somerset Capital, paid an undisclosed sum for the ticket. It's doubtless it would have it doubtlessly would have been a significant amount. Blue Origin confirmed to Forbes that Damon was a participant in the June auction. So yeah. That dude got cold feet. You think that's what it was? Either that or somebody got in his ear. <laughs> I mean, they were just like I mean, like I mean, like his wife or somebody was like, look, man, I mean, don't don't go Dude's nothing crazy. But I would think, man, dude got, I think we got scared. All of a sudden, man, it's real. Now you're finna get shot off in the orbit. Yeah. You know? And dude's like, you know what, man? That shit. I got a tea time. It's <laughs> probably, yeah, I'm gonna go hit that. Yeah, I got, I got a, I got a reservation at St. Andrews that day. I can't quite make it to space. I mean, that's, that's crazy, man. I mean, would you go on a space? I mean, up in the space, you know, would you do that? Not on something Bezos had. <laughs> would you? Would you have flown? Up? Oh yeah. Now I don't know if I would go on that one, but like Virgin Galactic, I'd, I'd do it. It'd be, it'd be fucking awesome. 
But, but I mean, you. Well, I mean, like, well, this being the first, like it was. Yeah, I'm not going to be a test. I'm not going to be a test writer for this stuff. That's the reason why I'm thinking this guy kind of was like going, you know what, man? Let me see if it have, you know, if he's, if he's got 30 million to throw around like that, he's probably got another 30 million he'd throw back at it once he saw it, it worked. Yeah. But like, you, you know, if you got that much money to throw 30 million around, you know, you're, you know, I don't know, man. I would just think. I mean, that, you got to be in some kind of shape to even go into space. I saw a thing, man, you know, where they're, I mean, they was, you got to be taking, in good shape. Yeah, they were taking them through a training process. I, I was almost positive it was like a six week hard intensive. Yeah. Whoever. I don't it was. think I'd ever get through that. Honestly, <clears throat> I don't think I'd. I don't think I'd make the cut even if I could afford it. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think I could do that. I don't. I don't know. I look forward to it. I'd like for it to be an option for for, for vacation, is to, to go up on a flight. I think it'd be sick. Yeah. I, I would, get dizzy on escalators. I ain't going. <laughs> <laughs> do you like flying at all? I like to fly. Yeah, I really do. I, I hate flying. I don't like the fact, I don't like the, the falling feeling, you know? At one time, um, I was on, what, what do you call that when you're on a boat and they, they zip you up on the little, uh, parasailing? Parasailing. There yep. you go. I did that one time because <clears throat> I was with this really, really, really hot chick. And we were out there on a boat, and, and she wanted to do it. And I, I did was it like, for the boobs. I'm sorry. I did it for the nookie, man. I tell you, that's <laughs> – but uh, I, I was just – everything inside of me was like going, hell no. Hell no. I ain't doing that shit. Hell no. And she was just like, please, let's do it. And I'm like, whoa. Are you doing it together at the same time? Yeah, at the no, same time, I don't mean nobody while I'm doing it. Yeah, we was up there, man, and the whole time I'm praying – I mean, out loud praying, just get me down. Please just get me down. She's like, oh, my gosh, look how – pretty in it look you can see forever look at that big spot in the water below us and i'm thinking no hell i don't want to see no big black spot in the it's water below us. Like, you just got tandem piss pants yeah. Yeah. yeah so anyway man i did do it but no i doubt i could go in space i mean i'd be just a you know they'd have if, me sedated i don't mind flying as long as i have room yeah um being a big guy you know, being six foot three and flying economy, that that doesn't work out. Yeah. When we went to <laughs> when we went to Ireland, I was in the middle seat. It was like a like a two three two, and me and Tink were in the middle three. It was Tink, me, and some smelly Spaniard sitting next to me, and my knees were into the metal part on the armrest in front of me. Jeez, for eight and a half hours. That's terrible. I look over there, Judd sleeping. Nancy is curled up in a little ball with her pillow up on her shoulder, like a toddler, just snoozing away. Tink sleeping. Me, wide eyed, looking straight at. We li- we flew out of Atlanta, left there like at three that afternoon. I think. I don't remember what time it was. Yeah, we yeah. we flew from here locally to Atlanta. Left Atlanta like around three. I was like, it's when I smoked. <laughs> I was like sucking that last butt as I was getting on the jetway, you know. I knew for the eight and a half hours, they ain't going to be no more smoking. Yeah. So I was like, I took like half a sleeping pill trying to go to sleep. Half of whatever we got, some kind of prescription pill. It was Valium. Okay, whatever it was. Didn't do shit. I need like <laughs> elephant tranquilizer, apparently. <laughs> I took half that. Like, well, that was a good tic tac, I guess, you know. Eight and a half hours looking right ahead. Couldn't sleep. Uh, I can't sleep on planes. Never have been able to. Don't care how short or how long that. Tink, before when we're taxiing 
She's asleep. She's getting comfortable. Oh, she's out. Um, so when we started flying more internationally for vacation, I told Tinkus, we can go anywhere you want, but I'm flying first class. I got to have leg room. I, I'm not, I'm not doing the knees under the chin thing anymore. Okay. Well, when you fly to the Caribbean, it's pretty affordable. You go, go first class, like usually right at, right at, or less than a thousand per ticket, which I'll pay $500 more to have some fucking leg room yeah. and unlimited drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, first time we flew, I think we went to the Bahamas. The first time we got first class and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm never sitting with the peasants again. This is where this is stretching my legs out, you know, and I'm having my drinks, having a good time. Her, she gets on the plane, puts her stuff away and curls up over in the corner, leans her seat, eye mask on, and she's out for an hour and a half, going to the Bahamas, hour and a half, and about three hours to Jamaica. She's out. Wow. If she wakes up, it's because me and I started a sing-along <laughs> in the first class cabin. You know, we're I taking, gotta go get this son of a bitch again. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking shots and shit, you know? Uh. And so, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I hate, I hate the whole experience of getting on the plane, the airport. I hate going through all the shit of checking the baggage and going through TSA. We get to strip down and get a finger up your ass and, you know, and then, and then waiting with all these other people, the people who pissed me off, the people who pissed me off the much, the most at the, at the airport. If you've got a first class ticket, you're the first one to board. After like people who need, need more time or or, or uh, soldiers who are in military attire, they can board before you and everything. But people with the the section D and E tickets all run up there and they line up like we're flying southwest or something, you know, like some poor people. They'll line up and they just stand there, blocking the way. For everybody else who's trying to get on the plane, because they can't go anywhere. They're not going to let them on the plane with their section E and the ass end of the plane. You don't get to go on first. Yeah. You got to wait. I, they have a drink support for me before you get on the plane. Okay. <laughs> it's like fighting over who gets the best table at Waffle House. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm, I, we're, we're me, and, me and Tink will be sitting there with all, all these barbarians lined up, you know, and like, First class ticket holders, you can now. So we have to wade through the masses to get to where we can actually get on the plane. That's the worst experience at the airport. That's right there with TSA, neck and neck. And you know, people like Brandy, she loves there. She likes airport food. What kind of heathen enjoys airport food? What? No. Yeah, not I had her and Tank on here. She's like, I love airports. I love airport. I love airport food. It's so good. I'm like, you are fucking crazy. I don't know. I've never heard anybody say that. Not airplane food, yeah. but like, yeah, the TGI Fridays yeah. or the chili. She it's likes like a food court in the mall, right. man. She she digs it. I'm like, you are nuts. There is no way. And she's like a big food. She's a foodie, man. exactly. What the hell? <laughs> I don't know about oh, that. Oh, but yeah, I don't. But yeah, I, I would. I would take the the space flight if it becomes if it becomes financially available at some point in the future. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, I'll take a, a you know an hour to jump up into space and get to float around for three or four minutes. Come back down. I think it'd be cool as shit. As long as they have no, enough leg room for me on that plane, <laughs> <laughs> I can stretch out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like Shaq on Shark Week. Had to <laughs> what, what happened on there? I didn't see that one. Build him like a like a for real cage Throne. that he could, he could he could go down in, you know, and had to build it like his own wetsuit from scratch and and all this shit. It was nuts. Oh man, yeah, I don't. I, I, yeah, I'd be all for it. I would. I, I don't. I don't think Tink would. I think it'd be awesome. And I'm I'm not like some kind of crazy like adrenaline, adrenaline junkie yeah. or anything. Yeah, I, I would never go skydiving. I would never go bungee jumping. You know, motorcycles is a little thrill-seeking, I guess, in a way, depending on how you ride it. But yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind going to space. I think it'd be pretty cool, me personally. All right. Dogecoin creator likens cryptocurrencies to a scam run by, quote, a powerful cartel to benefit the rich. Dogecoin co-founder Jackson Palmer created the digital currency in 2013 as a meme-inspired joke. Five years later, its market value has soared into the billions, leading him to write at the time that cryptocurrencies had attracted shark-like scammers and opportunists. But the laugh now appears to be on the millions of ordinary investors. The Australian entrepreneur suggested this week in a series of blistering tweets denouncing Bitcoin Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies as something resembling a mass Ponzi scheme to extract new money from the financially desperate and naive. Wow. Have you seen all the scam coins going on? There's been a couple of them this week. Oh yeah. Um, there's one called, it was one called save the children, I think. And it was going to be where, you bought the coin and somehow or another the money got distributed like to children's charities. It was Rice Gum from YouTube. I don't know if you're familiar with him. The guys from one of these gaming clans. I don't I think it was FaZe. Uh they they do first person shooter clan. Mm-hmm. Um they were all involved in it and were like did videos on YouTube about it, did tweets about it and everything. And then the minute it went live, they dumped all their, all their coins they had invested in it because it went live. People started buying it and they dumped all theirs and they got their money out of it. Was that legal? Not really. That's why it's a Ponzi scheme. It doesn't sound, that doesn't sound very legal. And then, um, Logan Paul, I believe who it was. One of the Paul brothers, one of the Pauls, Logan or Jake one started, uh, came out and said, it's a shit coin. They believe in it's called dink doink. I think let's see here. Logan Paul crypto coin. It's a good nickname for both of them. Dink and doink. <laughs> dink doink coin backed by Logan Paul wants to change the world. Says the CEO. It's something about, they're going to have a cartoon about Dink Doink, which is like a little spring. Okay? It's a little spring-looking thing right here. Uh-huh. And it's animated like South Park. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with South Park. When you see the animation, you're thinking, oh, it's South Park. 
And so, yeah, it's already turning into it's, it's going to be a scam. Even he admitted it. It's a shit coin that I believe in and all this shit. He's fucking behind that shit. I've had no doubt. So it's just, it's, you know, you're flooding the market with all these bullshit coins. It's, 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 people are going to get scammed out of it. A lot of folks, they already have been. Exit scams and everything else going on. Thank God. Um, let's see. I think I have one more article. Oh, I hate ads. Okay. Woke Coke. Drug dealers marketing ethically sourced cocaine. Brits looking to ease their conscience over their involvement in bloody drug wars overseas are now being targeted by by cynical dealers selling what they claim is ethically sourced cocaine. Users have revealed a high demand for the so-called woke coke at posh dinner parties across the UK. Drug policy expert Neil Woods told the Daily Mirror, I have been shown ads for environmentally friendly sniff, but it's it's nothing (laughs) but a very clear marketing ploy. He uh, revealed that users were paying through the nose for the gimmick. At 200 euro, I'm sorry, at 200 pounds or $435 a gram, I call it the woke coke con, he said. Woods argued that there was no way to produce environmentally friendly or ethically sourced cocaine, and it was either way it was another way to fuel the obscene amount of money being generated by the cocaine trade in the UK, which rakes in annually four point nine five billion dollars. Just in just in the UK. So that's just England, Scotland, and Northern Ireland. And that's not a very those are not very big countries. <laughs> Dude, so, that's a lot of tweaking going on. Which <laughs> well, is the party scene, you know? Oh, it's, it's, it's a party drug. Yeah, right. um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I I've never heard of if there's get on, on the same train that you know like the hippy dippy gorilla crunchy pot guys do out in, in Pacific Northwest now. You know, we don't use any fertilizer on our pot. It's all done this way and that way. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Does it get you high? That's what you think. Yeah, great. So it's moldy. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Does it do what it's supposed to do? That's the question. Oh, man. What else has been going on? Anything? Anything on the uh, the Dayton scene? Um, yeah, man. I didn't get any pictures this week, so I figured things were going better. Well. Or, or, or you were just ignoring I, it altogether. Well, I've... I've I don't know, man. I've uh, I, the last couple of weeks have really kind of been a, you know, a little bit more about me. Um, I've been a little bit more selfish. No, um, you, you need that. You, you, know, you need a little little you time. And um, but you know, I mean, I have been talking to a few uh, a few ladies that I've met online. Um, there really hadn't been a whole lot of. I mean, I mean, I guess really now. Let me kind of back up just a little bit. The the gals that I've been talking to, the ones that I'm <clears throat> matching with, that I that I like the most, are are pretty far away. I mean, you know, they're they're not local women. Um, so, uh, or they're it's just a in, good thing. They're just in bigger, <laughs> yeah, in bigger cities. Get and you stuff. import, and uh, there's plenty. I mean. 
you know, you can get any flavor, you know, but, uh, so just, a you know, some video chat type things and, um, um, just, I don't know. I'm so ready to absolutely squeeze on some, who, who are you going to hold up? <laughs> well, <they're, laughs> get the tentacles around them. Yes. Squeeze them good. Respectively. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, man. So it's, I guess it's progressing. I've just, I've just taken a little bit more time off, you know, just yeah, kind of, you should, you know, that's, you know, we're, we're, we're all kind of in a little transition phase right now. It's yeah. kind of weird how it all happened at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, you, you take more time for yourself and me trying to lose more of myself <laughs> getting himself cut up it's all a little different <laughs> yeah everybody's everybody's healing man and that's that's great you know i mean i, I, I always try to i keep saying this man but try to turn like the negatives into or i try to find the positive in whatever the negative is and uh, i feel like um even though i had an eye issue recently man i feel like i'm about as healthy maybe as i've ever been you know and i probably wouldn't be if this catalyst you know, rearranged my, the trajectory of my life, kinda, you know, and, um, so I don't know, man. I've just, I, I swim a lot. I, I run. I walk a lot. I'm, uh, doing this, this past week. Um, I, I did, y'all, y'all seen people flip tractor tires and stuff, oh, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. So one of the places that I go work out, um, this, uh, this past week, um, this past Tuesday, uh, I did a, a record number of times for myself. I did it 162 times. Damn. Yeah. It took me about 45 minutes. Um, it's a, it's, it's a big tire. Like weighs, a tractor tire, right? It's a, yeah. It's, it weighs about a hundred pounds. And, um, and then Wednesday when I went back out there, honestly, man, it's, it's out there on the side of this, this, uh, really nice, um, place. And, um, it was, it was, they were both really sunny days. I get out there, man, and just strip down to my shorts, basically, and, and shoes, and it's just me and the tire, and, <clears throat> and I've got a number in mind, and every single flip, that tire is trying not to let me make it, and I take it personal. <laughs> 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 my buddy, it's just me and you, man. So, um, and usually after about, you know, 30 or 40, you really have to kind of question how far you want to go, or you have to have a number. Yeah, I have to have a number, because, that's plenty, you know, usually 30 or 40 of them big rascals is plenty, but, um, I don't know, man, I was really excited about that, uh, this week. Um, and, and those are kind of more of the, the exercise movements and things that I'm doing more full body, you know, cause basically you're, I'm going down in like a, like a squat where my butt is just a couple of inches off the ground, you know, and, and lifting and, and then pushing, so it's really a full body push you know, pull legs yeah whole workout in and it's a lot of mental every single time i can the length of the building is 20 tire flips um it's actually 21 but i i give it 20 have they got that uh, there where you've been working out at yeah oh wow yeah yeah so i want to go there man i'm telling you i want to try it out yeah today i was sitting in the steam room and and doing a lot of sweating and stretching and and, uh, and, and I'll go back and forth from the steam room to the pool. I'll just get as hot as I'll be able to stand, you know, and stretch and stuff. And then I'll go out to the pool and swim, you know, four or five laps and then come back and get in, you know, the, there's a, uh, a dry sauna, you know, if you wanted to hit that. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I've been, it's, it's, it, it, you know, I, like I said before, I, I haven't really listened to a whole lot of music over the last 
10 or 12 years. I've, you know, I've heard some music, you know, but not like just actively listen to it. And, uh, and now I've found a few songs that really kind of just get me amped, super amped, you know, so, um, when I'll get my little headphone things on and get out there and it's just me and the tire dude and the sun, you know, I'm just, I'm tuned in and I love it. I love it. It's just like a, it's like a competition. And I, I kind of feel like that. I feel like it's me against the damn tire, you know, and, um, so I'm undefeated so far, man. I don't, I don't know if beat me either. <laughs> the tire champion over <laughs> That's here. That's it, man. Yeah. We, we had to pull tires when I played football. We had like a, a strap tied onto the tire mm-hmm. and then we had like they had like like backpack things on the other, on the other end of it mm-hmm. strapped that some bitch on and it was it was set there was a, it was a drainage ditch that ran like behind the field house mm-hmm. and it was concrete and so and it was gravel and then that drainage ditch was concrete and it was gravel for about another 20 yards so it's like 20 yards drainage ditch 20 more yards and of course, you know, all linemen had this gigantic <laughs> fucking tractor tire, you know, like, strap it to you, big boy, and take off. So you put that thing on and you had to, you gotta get, get, get a good steam going for get that ditch. Otherwise, you're gonna be stuck. And getting stuck in that ditch trying to pull that big son bitch out of that ditch. Yeah. <laughs> we had our cleats on at least, you know. But yeah, a, yeah, that was a great workout. I mean, just, just to keep, Training you to lean forward and keep your legs churning, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, we had the tractor tire, and then like linemen and receivers had like a, a steel belt radial they pulled because they were you know smaller guys. You know, we were, we were twice their size, you know. Yeah. But we we had some we had like some fullbacks who would pull that tractor tire. I mean, I would not want to meet them coming through the line, especially if they got a full good five yard head of steam for they hit that line. They're pulling tractor tires. Yeah. I ain't fucking with them. They're there to plow you over. (laughs) Back when trucking was really trucking. When none of this juke, they just put their head down and go. You didn't play football at all, did you? You just wrestled in high school, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't do any sports, did you, Chunt? Not not in high school. No. I played, uh, shit, I don't think I did anything junior high either. (laughs) No, I think I quit. You had T-ball? I had... Yeah, played T ball, played, you know, nine and ten year old up to eleven and twelve and then yeah. I was like, Yeah I played for like four games in the thirteen, fourteen year old division in baseball, but I was like I I hate this. Why am I here? Yeah, why I'm so much better at eight ball. You know? <laughs> you are a damn good pool player. But yeah. So that's what I I stuck I did that and played drums. That's yeah. all I did. I didn't. Yeah. I tried out for well. I went. I, I tried out for basketball in my senior year, but um, and I actually made the team. And there was a conflict in schedule with uh, drama <laughs> and basketball. But you were all about drama, and I was getting two credits for drama. Ah, and only one for basketball, and yeah. I needed those two credits. So I was like, <laughs> I'm "Gonna need them credits." <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll be an actor for a semester. So that's funny. That's what I did. So I didn't. I didn't. I dropped out of. Uh, I didn't. Never played a game of basketball in high school. Yeah. And, uh, I did try out. Made the team, but I didn't. Didn't carry on with it. Man, do they even have wrestling in the state anymore? Not that I'm aware of. I, mean, I know some of the bigger schools might still like the, the really like the 
5A, 6A school still had it or not. I've not heard anything about it. I would I would assume that if anybody has it, the Mississippi School for the Blind and Deaf have it. You need to talk about that. Could you tell me y'all had to wrestle against them? And I, I laughed. You're like, yeah. ain't no joke. They were no, bad they, motherfuckers. They the, the only loss I had uh, was to a, um, a blind guy. My whole, my whole got beat uh, up by a blind guy. Wrestling career. Be by um, Jedi. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man, that's all they got. So well, they that's what I asked. That's like, how do they do? You said that you couldn't, you couldn't so break contact. You can't break, break contact. So usually, whenever you start a um, an amateur wrestling match, <clears throat> Roman Greco type, whatever you know, on a mat, you're not you know a professional wrestler jumping off the rope type. Um, so you start off, you know, in like a. Uh, uh, almost like a grabber type stance, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're kind of half squatted and stuff and your hands are extended and there's usually about a foot between you, you know, and then the ref will start the match and then you'll, you'll come together. Well, with the, um, wrestling, the, the school for the blind and deaf, you had to, whenever your hands are extended and your half squat, um, you have to be touching fingers though. So your fingers have to, there, you have one hand that's up, one hand that's down. They have one hand up and one hand down and you have to maintain contact. So as soon as the match starts, there's a grab. There's no shoot. Right. So during the match at any point in time, um, if you lose contact, then the ref will stop and then you'll either go back to a standing position or if there was a more dominant position early, man, then one will be up and one will be down to right. start. Um, and so th- since the school back when I was, um, when I was wrestling, um, the Mississippi school for the blind and deaf, uh, they, of course, they didn't have a baseball team or basketball or football. They didn't have anything because they, you know, they weren't eligible to do it. Um, but they did have wrestling and this was just a, uh, something that they had had forever, you know, that, that, so their, um, lineage of coaches and, and wins and stuff like that was, was by far, they were by far the dominant team, um, uh, dominant wrestlers. And, uh, so we would, we would actually wrestle in Mississippi, Alabama, and Tennessee <clears throat> because there's not enough local, um, schools that, that, that carried the wrestling. Uh, and so anyway, in the, um, 10th, 11th, uh, in the, in my 10th grade, it was, uh, I was undefeated in the uh, 11th grade is when, um, I wrestled the uh, Mississippi school for the blind and deaf for the second time. I beat him the first time. The second time, um, it was the same guy. Um, and, uh, honestly, man, I, they're supposed to be within an age bracket. I, I honestly felt like he was older, you know, a couple of years older. Um, he had a, no, I wouldn't say a full beard, but he had a lot of stubble on his chin where I didn't. <laughs> <clears throat> and, uh, um, and he, and, uh, and he actually pinned me, man, with three seconds left in the, in the final round. But, uh, uh, my senior year, we came back, um, for the third time to wrestle, man. And, uh, it wasn't him. He was actually in the weight class above me. Um, but we did, we did talk and we did hang out and I wound up beating the guy that was in my weight class at that point. But, um, yeah, those guys are incredibly strong. They have an, a grip that you can't break free. You really, I mean, the, the, the amount of talent that these guys have, um, we would actually practice with your eye, with our eyes closed, um, for two or three weeks before we went to those guys, regardless of who we were, who we were matched up with in between time. Um, we would still be practicing. Uh, with your eyes closed, which gives you a sense of where 
the person's body is, you know, um, regardless of the, like the head fake out you see like in football or something like that, or the juke you were talking about or something like that. You don't see that. You actually feel where the person's body's moving and where their hips, they're going to go where their hips go. Right. You know, so it kind of gives you a, a more of a, a centered, you know, cause you're trying to control that person. You're trying to control. That's the name of the game is control the other person basically. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an, it was an incredible time. Um, and I'm going to tell you something, man. I mean, that was, um, the match I lost with that guy, man, was, it was, it was back and forth. It was a really close match. And, um, I actually got their, their, their fingernails were their, um, uh, or the thing that, you know, you had to keep, of course, everybody, regardless of the school, you had like a certain, you couldn't, you could only have your finger, uh, finger fingernails a certain length. It just seemed like, man, they gave these guys a little more leeway. <laughs> you know, I won't say, man, much more about it, but I did get this incredibly deep scratch right down the, the bridge of my nose because the guy, um, we were actually losing contact. We were both moving back like this. And as he was reaching out, he, he swiped his hand over to try to touch me at some point, And his hand was open and it ran straight down my face. Um, which caught, I thought, I thought my nose was, was not necessarily broken, but I thought for sure that he had busted it on the inside because it was a lot of blood. Oh, it's completely. It was starting. Yeah. And they had to stop the match. And they're like, then I figured out that it was on the top, on the top part of it, not on the underneath. I don't know, man. These guys are just incredible athletes. Um, I, you know, is the school in Jackson or where's it at? You know, it was, uh, it was, it was in Jackson. Yeah, sure was. Um, and there was all of them super, super nice guys. You know, the ones that I talked to, um, especially around my weight class. Um, and, uh, and I can't remember that guy's name. Golly, he was an, man, that dude was a athlete, an athlete. Yes, man. He was built like one of those guys you see built, you know, cut out of marble. I mean, solid, hard, man. Just absolutely no, no give on him. And, um, and fast, man, golly, the dudes were fast. But yeah, man, that was a, uh, that was a, um, those guys, it, it would, it, it, it taught me when we were practicing with our eyes closed, it taught me that there's a lot of, you know, use your senses, use your other senses. And I mean, you know, to every situation has a lot of your senses, but you, you kind of pick out the ones that, that help you the most. But if you'll start to listen or smell or taste or, or just be there and just feel it, you know, sometimes man, it'll give you a different perspective on different things. I don't know if any of that made any sense. Or it does. Right, but, yeah. It makes total sense. But, uh, it's just like, you know, when, Defensive backs are trying to cover wide receiver because I never had to cover wide receiver because they would smoke my ass, you know. And I asked one of the DBs, I'm like, man, how, or one of the cornerbacks, whoever, like, how do how do you know? Because you know, some of those routes they run are so complicated, the cuts and the, the slants or whatever. He said, just watch the hips. Mm-hmm. He said, he goes, they can fake you with their head all you want to, he goes, but they can't go anywhere to them hips turn. Mm-hmm. He said, when those hips turn, you know which way they're going to go. Yeah. Even the feet move. I mean, even your feet, I mean, they can, you know, stutter step or whatever, but yeah, you gotta, <laughs> my cousin, um, who was a, an incredible running back growing up. Oh yeah. Um, he, uh, <clears throat> held all sorts of the, the records, um, and, and our neighborhood stayed and just, I mean, just absolutely a, a white freight train. And, uh, and now he's a, uh, he's a great grandfather just here recently, man. Like, oh, shit. yeah, you know, uh, like a month or so ago, but his grandsons, um, uh, 
he had daughters and they had boys. And I'm talking about from the day that they could walk, you know, he's, you know, he's teaching them stuff about football and, and here, man, you know, you, you could be, you know, running, you know, and he just, he's, he's kind of a rough house guy. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's just as monkey strong as they come. And, he's got the pickle finger affliction. He's a pretty, pretty stout feller. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, but he's, he's not constantly like pushing them down and stuff like that, you know, and here, man, get up. And as soon as they had start playing football, he was giving them the good stuff, man. He was like, <laughs> light them up. Light them. Yeah. <laughs> you see that guy coming around this corner right here? You do this, man, and you'll crack him, you know, whatever. And he just, <laughs> he, he likes to see, he likes to see life in the Three Stooges lane, man. He, <laughs> You get to smack when nobody gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets hurt, though. Everybody gets hurt, but he's the one laughing. You know, when, I, when I coached uh, Little League football here in, in town for a couple of years, um, I had a kid on the team that I remember when he was born. Okay, so he was 11 or 12 at this time. I coached 11, 12-year-old team. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I remember they brought you home from the hospital. You should not be playing football. You should still be a kid, you know? And... um he played a uh, defensive end. Well, I was, was in this, in, in on our team, we didn't pass a whole lot because um, we had a weight limit on who could touch the ball. So if you weighed like over like 120 pounds, when you, when you touched the ball, the ball was dead. So for, for one of our linemen or one of the linebackers, they, they made an interception, the ball was pretty much dead. And we had stickers on the back of the guys who, who were eligible to touch the ball. Wait a minute before every game, and they got a green sticker on the back of their helmet. Meant they were eligible to to run the ball or catch the ball or whatever. And our quarterbacks were all really short. The guys who had really strong arms hadn't really hit their growth spurt yet. So all of our linemen were already huge. So you know we ran the ball a lot. And I was trying to teach this kid how to block a defensive end. Well, that's what I played in high school. And this kid was already tall. He was just and broad at the shoulders, but he was still eligible to carry the ball. I was like, man, defensive end, as a tight end in this game, in this league, you're going to be doing a lot more blocking than you are catching. So you know, I need to teach you how to how to block off a defensive end. So I got down there with him one night playing. You know, and I went to go around the corner, and he was like, I was like, man, hit, hit me. You ain't got on pads. I ain't worried about pads. <laughs> you're fucking, you're, 12 years old, you know, if you can hurt me, I got bigger problems, you know? And so it, it, he would try like not to do, you know, we went over like four or five times. We'd run a play to, to his side, you know, I was teaching him. And so I was like, man, you, all, you, you're, you're right there. You got to move, push, keep going. So he got down, he sent the ball, he fired off and his helmet. I think it's on this side. You probably see the scar there on my eyebrow. One or the other. His helmet. <laughs> his helmet. Whap! Right, right into my head. You know, we. He, I was like, go, go, keep, keep. He, he hit. Got low. Drove me up. Push, push me out. Opened up the gap. Guy went through. Like, man, good job. He goes, Coach, you're bleeding. I mean, there was blood just pouring <laughs> down my face. Yeah. I was like, it ain't no big deal. And I'm wiping. Like, it's, it's a big deal, you know. <laughs> his mom is a, is a local doctor. Oh god. And so, I walk over to her. And the reason this kid was so tall, his mom is six foot three. His dad is six foot six. This kid was like six foot at 12. And now he's like, he's like six, 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 eight. His brother who was on the team, who was a couple like a year younger than him, ended up playing for like the community college national championship team right here local. Dang. 
uh, played there and then got a, a scholarship to a division two school and then blew his ACL out the first year he was there and he was done. So I walk over there and I was like, your son, your son abused me. <laughs> Check it out. And so she was like, wipe it. She's like, I think you're going to be okay. Cause you could probably use a stitch or two. She's a bit, I ain't worried about that. <laughs> I ain't going to the doctor. This was back when I had my own business. So I had no insurance, yeah. like, no, no stitches for me, you know? Um, but speaking about fighting, what the McGregor fight the other night? Wow, I watched that. Did man. you hear about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. He got a peg leg now. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> when I, did you see it? I saw when I got, I was working that night. So I got back, um, Saturday night around 11 or so. And I'd done like my running around there at, at the center, got everything cleaned up and everything. And I just got on Reddit, went to the, the UFC or MMA page on Reddit. And it's like, it said, uh, you know, Poye, oh, excuse me. <laughs> it said Poye McGregor spoiler. That was my post, like the last clip of it. And I, I thought he just got clocked. I thought he got hit. Because I mean, Poirier hit, hit him hit him pretty good when he fell back. I thought he just took a took a good shot, and then when the round ended and Poirier stood up and McGregor was pointing at his foot, then he held his leg up and it was it was side gimped. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, what the?" He's he's saying he stepped back funny and it broke. The Poirier's saying that he checked one of his kicks earlier in the fight. And he and he think he broke it then. Dude, I, I didn't. Was, say, you saw the whole thing. Yeah, well, I'm telling you right now, man. <clears throat> live when they, at, at the pay per view, dude, they kept showing it over and no! over and over, and over. No! like ten times in oh. a row. I mean, it's like, I'm like, stop, <laughs> man, stop, show something else. Damn. Oh my gosh, man, it was just like, and then and then and then, oh, dude's laying there with a with a jacked up leg, ankle gimmick. And oh, Joe Rogan just sits down beside him and hangs out the damn microphone. So what do you think about this shit? I'm surprised he didn't go, motherfucker, I got a broke leg at the fight. You know, something, but he Can held I it together. you in some alpha male. Yeah, he, he held it together long enough, man, to, I mean, I didn't, wow, dude, that was a, mm, I don't know. That was the same break mom had. Gosh, fuck. Doug. Only when she broke hers, her, her heel came out of socket. Dude. So, I'm sorry. You need, you need a bucket. You okay? <laughs> so yeah, it's the same Ooh. break, only worse. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, he was, he was, I saw him, uh, I guess on Twitter or somewhere, man, where he's like going, hey, man, you know, six weeks in a cast or on a cane or something, I'll be back. Or I thought to myself then, I was like, dude, I saw Anderson Silva uh, break his leg in half. And you like that too. <laughs> I mean, he came back, he wound up fighting again, but. I mean, there's no way that he can be competitive. Here's my problem with Connor. Y'all know I, I love the, the shit talking. Uh-huh. I love the the spectacle and all that kind of shit. But most fighters who even who do that, they still have some respect at the end of the fight when they lose. Connor's not doing that. He's he's still talking shit. Yeah. But when you get your ass kicked, the shit talking needs to stop for. For at least a day, you know, but when you're getting wheeled out of the cage, you're going, Dr. Stoppage, it don't count. Dr. Stop. No, motherfucker, it counts. That's an L and you're toting it all the way to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, 
uh, I think he was like telling old Portier on the way out. He's like, "Yeah, man, your wife's hit me up in the DMs yeah, or some, he said, <laughs> some shit like that." He he showed pictures of her requesting the DM with him. He's like, "Yeah, she's wanting to see the hair around my dick and all this kind of stuff." Holy to it. Smoke. And then he posted a picture of of Poirier and his wife and kids on Twitter and wrote Gonzo's. Like he was going to offer him. I'm like, really? Wow. <laughs> well, see, something I noticed, man, about this uh, lead up verse in the past, you know, you're talking about the shit talking, you know, as Connor was coming up, you know, and he was on his initial win streak and these, and these matches that he was having, you know, and he, and he was going like just way bonkers at the, at the press conferences and stuff like that. You know what? Everybody had him really, you know, Connored up, you know, fan wise, um, you know, and then like he made this boatload of money, you know, and then when he came back to, to fight, uh, the last time he was all like a gentleman and stuff. He didn't want to do all that shit talking, man, you know, whatever, and basically got his ass handed to him. And so this time he was coming back trying to be crazy Connor again. And, and he was, and some of the shit he was talking about, I mean, some of the, it just wasn't making sense. It was just like, it's just not you anymore. So yeah. or once I saw the, the other side, it's just kind of hard to think that you're going to come in here and just because you're acting wacky at the press conference, you're going to do better, you know, the next time. So I don't know, man. I'm, you know, I like, like you said, you know, I mean, and even, uh, Nate Diaz or was it, uh, Nick Diaz, one of the Diaz. Nate's going to fight here pretty soon against well, somebody. Other, I forgot who it was. The other one fought recently as well. Um, I think it was, I'm with you. I don't know which one, which one it was. Yeah. Uh, but he was like, you know, that's just a big deal, man. Just those guys, the big name brand guys, they're going to draw a crowd regardless. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a big payday, and, and the UFC, I think, just keeps putting them out there because they are big paydays, whether they win or not. They're, I mean, people want to tune in to see the antics and the BS. And Well, Dana's already talking about pull against them. Poye McGregor 4. Oh, really? Well, it's Dana being, being Dana, yeah. you know. But, 4. <laughs> it's like a Rocky series, yeah. man. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't know a lot about Dustin Poye. You know where he's, he's from? He's from over Louisiana. in Lafayette, yeah. yeah. Um, he has like a like all these charities he does. I mean, I was like, Tink's reading it off. She's like, he's a really nice guy. I'm glad he won. <laughs> nice guys don't always win. I mean, and I'm and I'm almost positive. I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive he's got his own hot sauce company. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get some, when you get him to sponsor the show, yeah, I'd love boy, to try. hot sauce in here. Yeah, why not? Uh, you want to take a break right quick? Sure. Okay. Just getting low on beer anyway. I figured you had to piss again. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to stand up anyway. I've been listening to some Limp Biscuit. Yeah, the other night when you said, I was like, because I asked you about the other person. And you sent me that video, and I watched the whole fucking thing. I thought you were telling me, hey, she's in this video. Oh, As I watched the whole video, I was like, he just, he just trolled me into watching a whole Limp Biscuit video. <laughs> Which one? What? What did I send you? Ah, um, uh, shit. Um, was it ready to go? Yep. Mm. Now, Dingo says that's probably the best concert you ever went to. Really? See, say what you want to about Limp Bizkit. They put on one fucking hell of a show, though. Yeah, dude. I, I, I would have, I would have loved to have seen them, man. And you know, back in the day, um, I think they're still touring now. Yeah, but I mean. <clears throat> I'd love to see them now too, um, but as long as they got West Borland with them, I'd go see them. 
He's a hell of a guitarist. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if I want to, I don't even know if I want to ask that. I can, I can always, I can always cut it out. Go ahead. So you remember that, you remember that, um, were you there at that party? We were over there at the, um, the old animal house and, uh, I had those bunk beds that Nate had made mm-hmm. and, and, uh, we were having a party over there one night and in there in the, in the living room, man, Limp Biscuits, I did it for the nookie is playing. And my girlfriend and I at the time, man, are on the oh. top bunk yeah. in my, in, and my bedroom and the living room wall were the same wall. Well, we're in there, man, and just absolutely going at it. Yes, smash it. <laughs> All of a sudden, the damn the bed gave. No, it broke. Were Wait, you there that I bunk? was there. Well, why I were you on the night. top bunk? That's because that's cause underneath the bunk, man. Is where I I, I had a. Um, like a mountain bike and some other stuff. So just to make room, it was like a loft bed. It wasn't gotcha. like a bunk, actual. It wasn't a good crash. <laughs> I bet it wasn't. Dude, so we're up, and I'm just pinned up, you know, just, you know. So that damn bed, it absolutely snapped in, in half. We go down. My head just pounds the wall, hits this two-by-four. And this two-by-four breaks, and the sharp edge of it, man, she lands on top of me, and literally like six inches away, it would have skewered both of us. I had a mountain bike. We barely missed it. <laughs> um, I had this big whelp on my head. Of course, the whole, it's, it's all sorts, it's a house party yeah. going on in the next room. All of a sudden, man, the, the clock knocks off the wall. And, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, they got the jam going, and all of a sudden, the whole house party's like going, what the hell was that? Did he get tired of her shit finally? And, <laughs> Throw it through the wall? <laughs> yeah. So she's, you know, I'm trying to, I'm thinking to myself, okay, man, there's a lot of people fixing to come running in. I'm, I'm like going, hand me the, hand me my underwear over there. Hand my underwear. <laughs> it's got a sheet. She, she's like, well, I mean, it was a scene, man. I mean, it wasn't, you know, people were fixing to come in. That was for sure. And I was trying to encourage her to, you know. Cover up. Cover up a little bit, man, because we fixed to have some people come in and. And sure enough, man, open the door, man. There I am, man. Got my head. You know, big old knot. She got tired of your shit. No shit. When he came out of that room, he had the perfect imprint of a two by four. Like you could have put a level on it, and it was (laughs) like it was after the fact. It was one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. But like, if you had heard it, you would have thought they both died. I mean, it was that loud. Like an actual crash. Like it man. shook the oh, house. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a cry. Yeah. I mean, it was two full grown adults, you know, seven feet off the ground, <laughs> man, and breaking lumber, <laughs> you know, just fucking in free fall that yeah. you're doing. Yeah. Golly. So yeah, man, that back then, man, um, Limp Biscuit, you know, they were, they were very popular and stuff like that, you know, right there with all, with a couple of their first albums and stuff. And just over the years, man, I've just always been a fan. You know, and, and now when I'm going, now that I'm, I'm working out quite a bit, you know, I'll, I'll go back to some of those earlier, um, songs that they had. And then they got a few that are, you know, newer songs also that are, that are just headbanging jam, man, to me. Gold Cobra was a pretty good song. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. for, for their later stuff. If you're into that stuff, which you may not be, I don't know, but it's a, it's a banger. I'll give you that. Um, oh, <laughs> you know, when Dingo was here, we we're talking about his buddy who had the wife who won't let him go anywhere. Do you remember that at all? Okay. I'm sitting at home this past week while I was off and I get a text from Dingo. It's a picture of his buddy, like at the meat section in Walmart here in our town. And he's like, I got him out of the house. We made it this far. 
which they live 20 miles from us. And I said, is he on the phone with his wife? He said, without a doubt. I was like, holy shit. Wow. He got him out of the house one time. Said he got him out for like two or three hours. And she called like 20 times. Y'all remember, there was a guy that used to work for, um, with us, Big P. Y'all remember Big P? Yeah, yeah. Whenever he would come back to visit, just randomly, you know, stop in and say, hey, what's going on? He could never be in the shop, man, more than like five minutes, ten minutes tops for sure, and his phone would go off. He goes, well, that's Kathy. I'm like, well, fucking A it is, yo. I mean, <laughs> damn, the whole time I've known him for the last 20 years, I mean, she can't be, he can't be out of her sight. I don't, I don't understand that. I don't either. That's that's something that with with me and Tink we never you wouldn't you wouldn't dance art like that at all are you no well, I, I've, I, I've been I, gone for days right <laughs> she, she never like, knew well, I guess I'm alone now <laughs> great <laughs> she gets up one morning he's sitting there the stray came back yeah. you know yeah. no I, I I don't know I don't know if it's a a control thing or if it's a uh broken honesty thing in the past. Yeah, I would think you know what I mean? trust issue somewhere. Um, but so, I mean, some people, some ladies just like, like to be the one in charge. You know, Addison's in here. What's going on, Addison? I wasn't going to talk, but uh, <clears throat> your profile, like your, your, the view of you from this camera I'm sorry, and I grew up on them. It just is. But it makes you look exactly like Curly from the Three Stooges. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I was leaning back trying to relax. Now I got to sit up and look thinner. Thanks a lot, Addison. Let's mute this shit right now. That, that is, that's not a pejorative. That's, that's your love like language, really right? Grow up on them. That's great. Oh man! <laughs> so do we get to choose between Shump and, and Mo, Mo and Larry over Mo here, and Curly yeah. Joe, or whoever? Let's, let's see if Judd didn't have that hat on. He had the same haircut I got right now. So I mean, true. Um, yeah, but I don't. I don't know what it is. I, I've had. I've had a lot of friends who they they let some woman get their hooks into them, and it's you don't never see them again, ever. Oh, yeah. You know, and like. like Dingo works such an oddball schedule because he works for a big retailer, you know, and then his wife is a very accomplished photographer. And so she, during the summer, this is wedding pictures. This is money making time for her, you know? And so I've been trying to get him back over here. He's like, I don't know, man, because we're, they're doing wedding pictures nonstop engagement pictures nonstop, you know, all this summer stuff. You know, vacation picture people want their pictures made you know, for vacation or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fine, it's whatever. And that's a lot of trust, you know. For them, of course, they're the, they're like us, you know, just, just normal relationship stuff. You know, you, you do what you got to do. Where she's got a studio built behind their house, but you know she's off year round. One year she she got um, the contract to do the school pictures at the school in their town. And I was like, man, that's got to fucking suck. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> dealing with kids all day, you know, pre-K through like 11th grade or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of shitty for that day. But when that check comes in, it's really not, 
<laughs> it's one big lump sum coming in the mail, you know? Wow. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I've had, I've had a lot of friends of mine that have gotten into relationships and it's just like, like I said with him, it's, it's a ball with no chain. There's no freedom whatsoever. And I, I don't know if it's the control thing or if it's a trust thing or what it is, man. But I'm, I'm just so glad I'm, I'm not in that. Y'all are both so lucky with that too, man. It's another thing y'all missed, you know, I mean, that, that, that could hold control thing. I mean, you got, <clears throat> you know, freedom to do what you want to do really. Yeah. I mean, of course, she lets me to let her know, you know, about what time I'll be coming back. So you know, she she won't pull a gun on me when I walk in, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, she knows that Monday nights when I'm off, I'm going to be here. Mm-hmm. At least a couple nights while I'm off, I'm, I'm going to be over here recording with with y'all or with somebody else or whatever. It's never been a thing, mm-hmm. you know. When I told her I was thinking about doing this, she's like. Okay. <laughs> she supported us. Yes, she she was like, it's what you want to do. Go for it. You know, but just, you know, and it, doing this, it was a, um, it was a big step for me, uh, because I've had, I had no experience in editing whatsoever, you know, and I didn't want to, I wanted to cut out as much as I could of just the, the BS of stumbling over words or mispronouncing something. I still do a great job of that. Uh, but no, being able to get up and take a break, I'm like, okay, I can cut that out, you know. And, and Addison turned me on to some some free editing software, and I figured it out. It, it just t- took a little little trial and error. Error. Um, but speaking of which, I this week they had an article come out. We use Audacity for editing, which is a editing suite. Uh, with their new update, they're going to do. They're going to start tracking, like, data from using it. I'm like, well, shit, because <laughs> I have everything cut off of my phone for tracking. After On Apple's latest update, when you open up Facebook, first time I open it up after, after or, or Instagram or anything, Weather Channel, you know, any of those apps, after this new update, whenever you open it up, it's like, do you want to allow them to track your your browsing? Yeah, Nope. You don't, they have no, now they're not allowed to track what you do to give you native ads based on your browsing on your phone. Hmm. And Facebook's pitching a big fucking fit about it. Have you heard about it at all? <clears throat> they're, 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 they're losing millions of dollars a day because they're not able to, because 92% of Apple users have opted out of being tracked. Well, that's a huge part of Facebook's. Revenue that man, is the revenue that. stream yeah. to get native ads in front of your face, mm-hmm. you know, because before all my ads were motorcycle parts, <laughs> you know, or it was uh, uh, not so much vape stuff. because they've, they've cracked down on that. But it's all this shit that you no know, <clears throat> boots, clothes, whatever I had been somewhat looking at. Mm-hmm. I got native ads nonstop. And now there's I was getting ads for candles today. <laughs> really? <laughs> Candles, <laughs> you got the wrong one, buddy. <laughs> you know, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot of these websites are, are the, the big ones, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. They're not liking it at all because they're losing all that ad revenue. They're not, they're not able to target those ads to where they they should go according to them. And advertisers are going to pull out when they're seeing that well, my shit's not getting in front of the eyes that you promised it would be, be in front of. You know, which I think that's a great thing. I don't like I don't like people 
tracking me and stuff. That's like um, the new billboards, those those digital billboards. <clears throat> they're hoping eventually to have some kind of camera system in the billboard to detect when people are actually looking up at it. So that way they, they can say, hey, this many people per hour are looking at this billboard. Or actually, they're actually getting their eyes drawn to the billboard. Mm-hmm. This will help them with like ad revenue, how much they can charge, at what times and whatnot. I bet if you see that, then they'll probably have those uh, programmed ads to you specifically also. Oh, yeah. Eventually, you know, they'll come well, out like, hey, man, this is. They had it the other day. Um, it wasn't programmed ads to specific people, but there was some soccer game on in the UK, I guess it was in England or something. The same game was being shown on three different channels. And every channel on the little the, around the field, they have that, those LED bars along the side of the field that show ads. They rotate or whatever. Mm-hmm. We have them here around the top of the stadiums. It shows like ads or whatever. Three different stations were, were showing the game. All three of them had different ads in those bars. So the stations are able to put the ads they want on those bars. Wow. It's not even so in the stadium, it's not even showing the same ads. Like a green screen. They can just put up whatever they want. Basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Wow. I was like, holy shit. Advertising is kind of scary now, which is always, it always has been. That's what we, we, me and Matt talked about at one time on here that, you know, it's, <clears throat> you know, from the, from the time they fired up the first transistor to shoot signals into space, to start broadcasting. First, it was radio and then the TV. When they went to TV, um, it went, it went to like Congress because this has never been regulated before. We, we have to get the government involved in this. Otherwise, shit's going to go sideways. Um, and because no one really owns the air, <laughs> you know, so we've got to do something about that, you know. And so they came up with the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, and uh, they said, okay, you can use the air above the U.S. for free if uh, for one hour a day you dedicate time to news and community service. And that's why we started having the evening news. As, as part of the community service. The one hour. But now, we have stations with 24-hour news non-stop. You know, and they're able to sell ad space on it. Local news, for the, it may still be the same way. Our local news station, you know what the highest, the highest, uh, the highest priced, the highest price for ad space on our local news, the half hour at 6 o'clock or whatever. During those four commercial breaks, do you know which one costs the most? Probably the, the one closest to the weather. The one leading in and the one, yeah, the one leading into the weather. When they take the break before they go to the weather, that's the most expensive ad space because everybody wants to see yeah. if it's going to rain tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> We're around here if a tornado's coming, you know, or a hurricane or whatever. Um, but, you know, so since. The minute we fired up the first transistor, the government got involved and advertisers got involved. Bar, bar none. You, you watch old Nick at Night stuff. Mm-hmm. They show up the old shows and they keep the old commercials in because the, the, the commercial was part of the fucking show. What? 
you know, it'd be Ed Sullivan or Lucille Ball. That would come out like a pack and uh, like a walking pack of Winston's would come walking out, you know, <laughs> so, or it was, you know, Dove soap or whatever it is. And they didn't have like actual commercials then. Uh-huh. Then it was like Ed Sullivan would do like 15 minutes and then he would pitch some kind of detergent or Lysol for five minutes. And they go back to a part of the show and at the end of it, he'd pitch it again because it would be like, this show is presented by mm-hmm. Dove Soap. I've seen an old Johnny Carson. Chesterfields. Like yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I think John, speaking of, I was always a big fan of Johnny. Oh, yeah. Now, you saw him a lot more than I did, because yeah. when I was about 12, he retired. But you had him pretty much the yeah. whole time growing up. Do you remember when he used to smoke on the air? Mm, I, yeah. I remember seeing seeing some of the old reruns and stuff like that. Yeah, he had a wood box sitting on his desk with, with cigarette, like cigarettes in it. And imagine doing that now. People's heads would explode. <laughs> Man, you said something earlier um, about they could have... Uh, they could place the satellite over the U.S. for free or whatever. Whenever you fire up a satellite like that, do you have to pick a country that it goes on top of, or does it? I mean, no, I'm do, about like an actual transistor, which is like Earth, but we have antennas, like what radio uses. Mm-hmm. It's just like a transistor. Radio can only be picked up for so many miles. I learned a bit, little bit about this when I worked in radio. Our transistor was on top of the highest point of our state. It's up up north there. And we cranked it wide open. It was putting out almost a hundred thousand uh what are they measured? Watts. Watts, I think. Or or megawatts, whatever it was. It was like the most powerful transistor in this in this part of the state. And so we were reaching way out, you know, um from way up north to like pretty far south and so but when you cranked it wide open the power bill was gigantic oh. <laughs> so one time we ever cranked it one time we ever had it adjusted to where it was wide open was like if we were broadcasting like if one of the local schools was at the, at the state championships for sports uh, we'd usually crank it up for that we'd say, if one of the local schools was there we went and covered it and so we usually crank it up for that Typically, we didn't. Um, so, TV stations for a long time were done only by antenna. You know, now everything is satellite. Uh, they have geosynced satellites for certain things. Satellite radio is is transmitted through a a geosynced satellite. So that satellite is rotating at the same speed as the Earth, so it stays right above the U.S. the entire time. People were getting serious. They could, oh, I could take it on vacation. I mean, they get on a plane and land in Europe, and it ain't going to work because there's no signal coming to it. Um, be like transistors, like actual antenna transmission, stuff, stuff they use for actual radio now still. Um, it can be controlled uh, by strength. Uh, like you go to New York City, and there are some radio stations in New York City that are only able to be picked up for a couple blocks. <laughs> oh wow! Because the transistors they use are, are really really weak, and when you have a city that big, they get regulated more on strength because otherwise every channel would just be because uh, channels will leak. You know, like if, if from one oh one oh six point five to one oh six point seven. Those channels can leak over because because mm-hmm. that's going by 
the hertz, the, the channel is the actual hertz that station is located on through the airwaves. That's why sometimes, sometimes you can, on, on really clear days especially, if you wanted to check out 101.7, you can actually turn it to 101.5 or 9 and still hear it a little bit. Wow. Because uh, it's clear enough outside, those sound waves are, are traveling better. Um, but like you get places out west, like when you're going through like Wyoming and stuff, you'll drive for miles with no radio stations because there's fucking nobody out there but cows, <laughs> you know. And why would you go spend a bunch of money to put up a transistor and antenna? To for cows for cows because <laughs> cows so don't have about your internet out there would it, it would it be it be kind of like a huge net I would think it would be it'd be all satellite based unless there's just some kind of local hmm. ISP or maybe maybe AT and T might have lines out there I don't know why they would mm-hmm. AT and T wouldn't even run lines here in our town golly speaking of running lines man and stuff uh, the city came by this week. And um, told me that they're fixing to dig up the sewer line in front of my shop. Oh no! Yeah, that's so, gonna be appetizing. So you you got I've got two driveways. Um, the one, um, walking out my front door, the one to the right is where they're. So basically, where my digital sign starts, mm-hmm. there's a manhole right there, and then for like the next block on down, uh. They're going to take all of it out and then redo that one section. That's going to destroy one whole side of your drive-in, then, isn't it? Yeah. So that that was my that was the first thing that I told him. I was like, "Now look, man, here's are you going to repave this shit?" <laughs> oh yeah, 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 for sure. But I was more interested in, in the the flow, how long they were going to be jacked up, and what days it was going to be jacked up. And I'm like, "Look, man, we're only working on these three days. Can you kind of move it around to where you know either." start on like whenever after we leave or have it done by the time we come back so that way you know i got some flow coming in and out because man my parking lot but just with one driveway it'd be chaos oh my goodness it's already chaos anyway you know i'm running all the food and and oh my goodness yeah i have people pull up in there with boats and atvs and lawnmower, dra- you know, dragging a trailer, you know, and stuff. And I'll ask them, okay, what number are you parked in front of? Oh, we couldn't pull in front of that. I've got a trailer back here that's got three gimmicks on it. And I'm like, golly, all right. Well, I know everybody out there is trying to move around <laughs> yeah. your butt. So let me get you out of here quick. Now, they, uh, we had the shittiest internet here in this town forever. And just our local telephone company had the absolute... I never seen internet that would cut off when it rained, but but they managed to come up with it. Did they not? Am I wrong? A gust, a, not a, far off. A strong gust of wind would knock the internet out. Well, the problem here is that it, it all of it ran through the same old copper copper wires lines that yeah. they had they installed in the what forties fifties. Yeah, jeez. So that it's still being used. They didn't replace any of that copper line unless right. it completely eroded. They were pushing DSL through eroded yeah. copper lines. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they um so we we struggled forever. We just we 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 bought the most expensive package and it was 20 megabit. And it never hit 20 megabit ever. And so uh when I worked 
where I, another company, uh, we had a contract with AT&T. They offered free Wi-Fi to customers. And they came out there to replace like one of the routers or something one day. And you know, there's a cell tower right behind our house. Jutting, juts up in the middle of the night. And uh, I said, hey, do y'all run like T1 lines? <laughs> you know what a T1 line is? It's like light. It's like, it's like being plugged into the matrix directly. <laughs> it's like you're getting a direct feed. Um, he's like, yeah, okay. we install T1 lines. Do what? That's what they've got at the local college. Right. They have like or they, they did. Have like, they I have like imagine own, it's all fiber now. Right. But. They have like their own internet on the camp. That's dedicated to the campus. Yeah. And like you click on something, it's, it pops up. So I said, this was like in 2008 when I was working this place. I said, y'all have, y'all install T1 lines? Oh yeah. If you want to pay for it, we'll, we'll do it. I was like, okay. He goes, how close do you live to like, like a cell tower? I'm like, there's one in my backyard. I said, I could throw a rocket at it. May, might be a hundred yards. It's really close. He's like, you look up next to a field. I know it's in the woods. He's like, oh, that's going to be different. He's like, we have to tear up ground through the woods and run the line to your house. It's like, how much is it? He's like, oh, about $1,500 for every 10 feet. I'm like, oh, oh shit. my God. Every totally smoke. 10 feet, about $1,500. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be getting that yet. It's going to be. Gonna be a little while before I get a T one line run to my house. He's like, "Well, I'm just letting you know it's gonna be around that." He goes, "It could be more expensive, depending on what they have to cut, what which you have to sign off, whose land that is, mm-hmm. to cut through that land to put in a line." He goes, "Then you have like your, your monthly bill, which is gonna be around four or five hundred bucks a month." Like, I really I want some fast internet, but I don't want it that bad. Mining your own Bitcoin back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you see where China banned the Bitcoin? I did. People, people were packing up those Bitcoin. Uh, mining operations they had, it was like folding tables, like the size, of, like, like folding tables in a like a warehouse, just lined up on the tables with GPUs trying to trying to mine Bitcoin. I, I really got a I really got a feeling, man, that uh, that's fixing up that the Bitcoin itself is uh, it's fixing to take a move, I think, because. Um, it, of course, man, just just my guess as good as any's, but uh, I think, man, with all this extra money that's coming out of the stock market right now, and there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of different things. Every a lot, most everybody's uh, saving savings account is is pretty full. Everybody saved some money, you know, during this whole last year or two. But there's a lot of people that are going to be pulling money out of the stock market, and you know, they got plenty of savings, but they want to put their money somewhere. Um, I think that uh, I think this week, this coming week, they've got like some sort of a Bitcoin convention thing or some kind of, not convention. Oh, that's probably the wrong word, but uh, it's like, a, like they had they had one down in Miami back in the spring, I think, Bitcoin, something like that. Yeah, I saw where um, Musk and uh, Jack, what's his name, Dorsey, yeah, and. Somebody else is all, it's all almost, I'm almost positive, man. It may be Wednesday, but anyway, I just kind of felt like, you know, with, uh, it's kind of settled down for a little while. It's kind of, you know, treading around 30,000 right now. I kind of feel like, you know, if there's any kind of a move, I feel like it's going to go up and not down. Mm. Just, you know, I know they, what is the, um, 
there's something going. I didn't look at the stock market stuff recently, but the FCC made some kind of some kind of decision to stop like naked calls and stuff like that, where people were or, or to stop people from uh, pumping stocks so much on margin margin calls. It's some kind of like margin call reduction. Yeah, or, or I don't know. It, it's going to make the the companies able to do margin calls on these hedge funds to help stop all this dark pool stuff where they're, they're just, you know, sat, just sacking more and more buying stocks that don't even exist anymore. Trying to short them. Jeez. Cause it, it's just gotten so out of hand. And the guys at wall street bets are like, Oh, it's, it's fucking finally happening. They've been saying for two, two years, almost it's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to, it hadn't happened yet. Yeah, but every, but once a month, say, this is it. This is this is the short squeeze right here, and then it fades away. Almost positive, man, that the the Dow is down close to a thousand points today. At one time, yeah, I mean, it's a big it's a big move. Still got a little bit left, I think. I've thought about getting back in. Well, I, I'm not going to say I'm going to do it, but I've thought like, man, I can I can get so much stuff so cheap right now if I, if I get back in. There's a lot of stocks around their 200 day moving average. Which historically, man, is a is a pretty good time to buy it. Yeah, but I'm afraid that it's going to dip some more. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Here's just a, a quick: um, if you'll buy something that you that you have a high conviction on, whatever that stock is. I mean, you know, I mean, I think in the past, you know, I've I've told everybody, you know, if you're going to get into something that you don't really know about or or whatever, you know, pick something that you have some sort of vested interest in, whether it's just say, for example, like McDonald's, you can drive by McDonald's and get a burger anytime or the sweet tea or whatever. And you see that there's a lot of action going there, you know, so you would think that, hey, man, over time, McDonald's is going to be around or Walmart is going to be around. You know, those are stocks that you would, would think that for the longevity would last. So if you see the stock market taking a dip, and you want to try to do something with your money like that, then buying something that you have a high conviction in, something that you think that, hey, man, even if it did go down lower, you know, in five or 10 years, Walmart's still going to be here. McDonald's is still going to be here. They're still going to be slinging burgers and and all that stuff. So if it goes down now, it just gives you opportunity to buy it at a cheaper price. Yeah. But if you're going to be speculating on some kind of the the Reddit stuff or whatever, that's 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 no, gamble. That's, that's a bunch of tards. I ain't worried about that. Yeah, that's you know. like taking your money to the casino, you know. But overall, if you'll find you something that that you you know, even if it's Tesla, if you think man that Tesla's going to be around forever and they're going to be a a big player in whatever field, um, you know, buy you a share or a quarter of a share or whatever, you know, put your money into something that you feel like over the long run will have some value for you um or you know and and as the market ebbs and flows and stuff like that you know you can kind of you know like you've done before i mean you've done a great job at buying stocks and then when they jumped up some and you sell them all you know i mean you're up in the game yeah you know so uh it's, I, I don't, I, i'm just i mean i'm so how do i put it i'm i'm almost gun shy to get back into it just because I, I, I just, I don't, I, I want to, but I don't feel comfortable doing it just because I, I think there's, I don't think it's going to bounce, bounce back anytime soon. I honestly don't. Um, just from stuff I've read, stuff I'm seeing, man, I, I think, I think the worst is still to come. 
you know. Um, well, just like with anything, man, you definitely want to want to manage your risk. You know, you don't ever want to put more than you can afford to lose into anything. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to like YOLO everything I have and no, into some shit stuff. Even if it's a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks or you know whatever you're comfortable with, whatever it is, you know, you you definitely want to be, you know, cool with that. You know, if it's yeah. just a you know, just say, for example, you and Tink wanted to say, hey, let's let's take a thousand dollars and put it into the stock market and in five years, whatever, you know, whatever it is, we'll take that money and we'll go on vacation with it. Yeah. You know, and um, and regardless of what it does in between the time or whatever, you know, I mean, just stick to your plan. I mean, y'all may want to add 20 bucks to it or whatever each week or every month or whatever. But over time, as the market moves up and down, even if it's going down, you're going to have those times where you're, you know, as a, in your incremental buying, that it's going to buy it at a lower spot. And you can always kind of, you know, especially on like the, the fractional shares that you can get, you know, <clears throat> it doesn't have to be a, a big amount of money. I mean, you know, we've all been to the casino, man, and, you know, and, and gambled and stuff like that. And this is just something that, you know, if it does real well, that's great. If not, then, hey, man, you know, you went to, you had a, a night out or fun or whatever, but, you know, it, it would help you out more, especially starting out to have something that you can, relate to Walmart, McDonald's type, Coca-Cola, if that's what, you know, whatever, um, you know, Microsoft, everybody's, you know, here's, you know, stuff like that. Your Apple phone, Apple would be a great company, you know, to, uh, to nibble on and stuff. But anyway, man, I mean, you know, if you're, uh, if you, whenever it gets to a point, man, where you feel like the, the market has reached a level that's reasonable, you know, and, and you wanted to, to invest, it's always better to have more of a long-term view, you know, um, than to have a day trader type mentality, you know, yeah. where you look at it every day and think, oh shit, man, I've lost $18 <laughs> down, you know, or whatever. You just got to kind of put it in and forget about it and hope, you know, and not necessarily hope for the best. That's not what I'm trying to say, but, you know, just as a, a buy and hold type strategy. Yeah, manage your, uh, your risk management, which you're, like you said earlier. Absolutely, man. Buy something, man, that you think that's going to appreciate over time. Like a like a nice watch or a nice whatever it is, you know. I mean, it's something that they would appreciate. Speaking of the casino, we need we need to go sometime. It's it's been damn near two years since we've been. Hundred percent, man. Yeah, it's been a while for me um, too. Because we we took Pop down uh, for his birthday, and that was in uh, like October, the first part of October in twenty nineteen. You know, because I wasn't going to the casino last year, right. <laughs> you know, and. Football's coming up. Time to get them college bet sheets out. Put my parlay in. Get drunk. <laughs> and watch Notre Dame blow it in the last quarter. <laughs> I swear, Guaranteed. I swear I thought about you guys, man. Uh, this week I was actually flipping through the through the dating sites and stuff. And there was like two or three girls on there that was, that was going past part of their bio said, you must be a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know? She's a keeper. I was like, going, man, my boys, man, they would be, they'd be loving that. Now, I, I'm cool with it. You know, uh, Tink is a fan of the college. She went to, you know, die hard. And I don't, my grandfather always watched Notre Dame because it was the only thing that came on. NBC that you pick up, you know, he always watched Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. I always watched Notre Dame 
I kind of grew up at Notre Dame. Uh, so that was kind of my, my team. I, I, I pull for one of our local schools, not the one that you pull for the, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I pull for them. I, you know, who, whoever you, you cheer for the sec. Nobody comes bowl season anyway, except for that one team. Well, a couple teams, <laughs> fuck Alabama, fuck Nick Saban. Um, you, you know, he's the most, he's the highest paid, uh, state employee in Alabama. No shit. Really? He just signed an extension. Wow. You look it up right quick. My ex-wife, man, was a huge Bama fan. I know. And I swear to goodness, every time her team and my team would play, oh God, one year out of the years that we were together, my team won. Okay. <laughs> Once. Every other time, man, she, I would hear it for days on end, man. She was always having her Bama stuff on. I'm like, girl, just shut up with that, man. <laughs> Get the I'm, fuck away from I'm me. I'm tired of hearing it. Stop <laughs> it. Um, yeah, here it is. Nick Saban contract. Alabama coach extended three years through 2028. Uh, the top coach in the modern college football era, arguably the greatest coach in college football history, is going to be sticking around the sport for the better part of this decade. Alabama announced Monday that the school and coach Nick Saban have agreed to a contract extension that will keep him in Tuscaloosa through 2028. Him and Terry are happy to be there, blah, 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 blah. The extension will continue to pay him his $8.42 million salary for the current season, but increase annually through the duration of the bill, of his deal. He will also receive $800,000 contract completion bonus after each of the 2022 through 2025 seasons. Saban, 69, nice. Will be twenty. Will be seventy-seven years old if he stays on the sidelines through the duration of his new contract, which concludes on April twenty on February twenty-eighth, twenty twenty-nine. So, just for completing each season, he's gonna get almost a million dollars extra. Just 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 to stick around. <laughs> Not to mention the money he's making on endorsements and oh, everything. He's a god in that town. Oh. The whole, Hell, the whole state. state. Yeah. Well, I mean, Auburn fans are rather put a bullet in his head. <laughs> no, but, but I they, mean, lo- they love to beat him. <laughs> they do. So he better stick that. around. Um, you know, his birthday. I think I think it's his birthday, or right at Halloween, either on Halloween or right at it. And somebody had asked him one time, you know, what, what do you what do you do for your birthday? You know, he's like, well, I go home a little early that that day. He said, and I, we order a pizza. And we go upstairs and turn all the lights off. And we have to be done eating by five. There's already a line of trick-or-treaters outside our house waiting to trick-or-treat. But we have to turn all the lights off so nobody thinks we're home yet. And then he has to come downstairs at five o'clock and hand out candy probably to God knows when. Because every parent in Tuscaloosa is going to bring their kid by, by Coach Saban's house. You fucking know they are. Just to get a little FaceTime with the coach. It's like going to kiss the Pope. I wonder how many times he says roll tide that night. <laughs> I bet it's on every damn car horn that goes, <laughs> you know. Now, I mean, Bama's had, well, Bama's has had a long legacy of coaches. Bear Bryant, Gene Stallings, you know, who, whoever it was. And every time they make that person a, a god in that town. 
I can't think of any other colleges in the country really that have that kind of a, that kind. Of, well, I mean, Joe Pop did, you know, until they found out he was covering up for <laughs> sexual assault yeah. for some kid, you know. Yeah. Uh, but other other than than like Penn State, there's never been a coach I think really that stuck around long enough to get that in college football at least. Um, yeah, but those people in Tuscaloosa, they go fucking ape shit for, for, for Saban. Yeah. And he's an asshole. <laughs> he really is. You heard like, you ever heard like, seem like him mic'd up during practices or practice or something. Holy shit. I mean, he can't, he can't he grew up rough. He grew, he's from West Virginia originally. And he grew up in it's a hard scrabble, West Virginia town, you know? And uh, he talks, talks to those players like they're dog shit. I mean, just talk so much shit. And the players will do impressions of him in the locker room. He'll hear them and they'll laugh about it, you know? I don't know. That's funny. Anything else tonight? I don't, even no. cover. I don't know, man. You got any UFO gimmicks going? I have found the UFO Reddit page. People posting videos. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> you think I'm going to go off the deep end now? We'll see you next year. <laughs> People are posting, posting videos like, I think I see, I, I think I saw one. I post these videos. I'm like, that's the reflection off the light inside your house that you're seeing outside. Listen <laughs> here, they're sending me a signal. That's, that's, that's lightning, motherfucker. That's lightning. That's a natural occurring phenomenon. That's not an alien trying to flash its lights at you. I used to well, get not the... teaching that stuff anymore, man. <laughs> yeah. Used to do what? I used to get the update with Rube, man. He oh, I'm so to, He used to keep me updated <laughs> on all of it. Uh, Mr. Rube worked at Harpoon's place. 15 for, years. For, sorry, for years. 15 years. Um, RIP. We lost him. Lost him last year. And um, I, I worked with him some, not a ton. This man had hands <laughs> that you, you could, he, he could probably crush boulders barehanded. He had a grip. <laughs> yes. I felt like you know, on the Flintstones and Bam Bam would shake somebody's hand. Yes. And he was <laughs> boom, boom, boom. That was Mr. Rube, without Back a doubt. Day, man, he his, it didn't matter how much of your hand he got. Whether it could be like finger oh, the tips. fingers, the fingers, dude. When you'd reach your hand out to shake his hand, if he closed early and he just got like part of your fingers, it didn't matter. He was good for eight or nine big shakes, <laughs> and every one man was bone crunching. Man, I was yeah. just like, there'd be so many days where I'd just be all twisted out, going, Drew, stop. And he loved it, man. He was a man's man that thought when you meet a somebody one of your buddies or something like that you crack one off you you, you put the put the grip on him yes but mr rube loved coast to coast am yeah that was like the one thing that he always lived you talked about it. he didn't have any other kind of electronics in his house no he didn't no it was a his radio am radio yeah AM <laughs> you know? yeah he did the yeah he was doing radio and uh he listened to that and mike huckabee or or Paul Harvey when Paul Harvey was still on. Paul Harvey for sure, yeah. Always turn that up, listen to that. But Mr. Rube would preach to you. He would tell you conspiracy theories. And you could say, No, nah, I don't believe that. He'd be like, All right. <laughs> he never took it personal. He was yeah. just like, just the way I see things, yeah. you know. And if you didn't like it, that's fine. 
But if you wanted to go date with Mr. Rube, he would take you down into the abyss <laughs> and drown you in the darkness. <laughs> Absolutely a uh, electronic genius. Yes. He was a, I mean, um, just a, just absolutely just electrically gifted and, um, so, I mean, just absolutely was way smarter than he looked, you know? Um, but yeah, super miss that guy, man, for sure. But I, he always kept me updated on the, on that stuff. Tell the story about him, him coming to work that day. It was snowing. Oh, that's my, that's my Christmas story. He, uh, so forever, man, we, uh, we would always have like a, a Christmas party at the shop and, and every year I'd always tell everybody about the, um, about the story. So when I first met Rube, um, he came into the restaurant, um, one day and, uh, was like, Hey man, do you, do you need some help here? And me just being a young punk just looked at him and was like, no, I don't, I don't need any help. Um, maybe check with me later. And he came back the next day. And he's like, Hey man, do you need any help? And I was like, no, nah, man, just check with me. Check with me later. The next day he came in and finally, man, this was like an every single day deal. He would show up and ask if I needed some help. And finally one day I was busy enough to where, um, I told him, I was like, Hey man, if you want to come in and wash dishes or whatever. So it got started in that way. And then not too long after that, we used to have these big full sheet paper menus that we would take by the hundreds and go stick them on the windshields of cars throughout the town. Well, anyway, man, I'd give him a big stack. <clears throat> he went and put them out. Um, just absolutely dedicated to get, give every single one of them out. <clears throat> well, anyway, um, he started working with me full time after that. And, um, and way back in the day, man, my, I really only had like the one major rule was if you are supposed to be at work, you know, if you're scheduled to be there, then you be there or you call me and let me know that you can't be there. Don't just no call, no show. Cause I'll assume you quit. No call, no show, no job. That's right. And, uh, it was in February. And so by this point in time, he had been there probably, I guess maybe eight months or so. And after working with him day after day after day after day after day, I, I trusted him completely very quickly. And I gave him a door, a door key, you know, so he could come in, you know, cause he liked to be there early and uh, he was just a really early riser and he would come, always come in early. Well, I got to work this one day. It was in February, crazy cold that day. It was just one of those days, man, where the wind just almost hurt you. And, uh, when I got there, the, the, um, I didn't see his car, you know, parked out front. And I was, I was like, wow, that's odd. Cause I was there late and it was just never like him to be late. So when I went up to the door, it was already open. So I walked on in and he was around back working. I was like, oh, rude, man. I didn't, I didn't see your car out front. I didn't think you were there. He goes, oh no, I didn't drive my car today. I drove a bike or I rode a bike here. And I thought to myself, I was like, holy smoke, man. I mean, he was an older man. Um, I just didn't see him riding a motorcycle. And I was like, man, I got to see this. I got to see this motorcycle, man, that you drove to work. And he goes, uh, or I got to see this bike you rode to work. And he goes, what's well, out back by the back door so nobody will steal it. So when I walked out there, I opened the, opened the back door up and I looked around and I didn't see a motorcycle. I was like, bro, I don't see your motorcycle out here. He goes, it's not a motorcycle. It's that bike that's behind the door. And I walked out there and I looked again and damn, if it wasn't like a kid's bike, <laughs> like a kid's bike, like a single speed, like a one chain, like a bike bike. 
was like, holy shit, man, you rode that bike here? Wait a minute, you get to preface uh, this. Yeah. He lives he, he lived 15 the, miles yep, from town. 15 miles, yeah. Uphill and downhill. In the country. And uh, I said, you rode that bike here? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, uh, I got up this morning, my car wouldn't start. And um, and so I went to my neighbor's house to see if they could jump me off or give me a ride or whatever. And they weren't there either. So I didn't have a way, because he didn't have a phone, uh, didn't have a way to call you. And I couldn't call you from their house. Um, and the rule is, is that if you don't show up and you don't call, then you don't have a job. And I needed, a, I need a job. So I just borrowed their bike that was in the carport and rode it up here and it was still there early. <laughs> and literally, man, I thought at that second, I mean, I thought that, that at that minute, I was like, man, you live way out. I mean, way out. And, uh, I said, man, was, was at any point in time. It was so cold. He would. I mean, he didn't have like this oh, yeah. big parka. He coat. never wore a coat. If he had on a windbreaker, you're like, man, it must be freezing outside. Yeah. This Drew's got a sleeve on. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was. He was definitely a short, short sleeve guy, and he didn't like uh, a lot of coats, stuff like that. But I think that day he did have like a flannel shirt on or something. And I asked him, I was like, man, at any point in time, did you feel like turning around? Did it ever get that cold? He said, I, at one point in time, I did consider it because I was going downhill in the shade. And the wind was just so cold that I knew that if I could just make it back to the sun, then I could come, I could make it all the way. He goes, but at that point in time, I was just so cold. I didn't know that I could make it or not. And, um, and I told him that day, uh, I told him, I said, look, for as long as I have my business for regardless, you have a job. If, if you're willing to ride your bike here to have this job, I'll never fire you. I'll never tell you you can't come to work. If you want to be here, you come on, man. I mean, I will never, I give you my word. You, for as long as you want the job, it's yours. Now, after I told him that, there were several times throughout the years, man, because he was notorious for not taking messages. People would call. I'd leave him there, you know, at lunch, you know, do the prep work or stuff like that, man. And people would call the restaurant, ask for me or whatever. And I would get back, and I was like, hey, Rube, I got any messages? He goes, did anybody call? Yeah, there was two or three people that called. I said, who was it? I didn't ask him. I don't know. He's like, damn, dude. Come on, man. Ask who it is anyway. You got one job. Come on. Get up, you know. He's like, okay. You know, and he'd just go back to work. And there was so many times, like, there was a there was a time, man, that literally stands out of my head. I was expecting this phone call. I had gone to the casino with my girlfriend spent the night and i was i was trying to get back as early as possible the next day and as we're leaving town <clears throat> we stopped to get uh breakfast and whatever you know and i just called the store just to check on things and uh i was like i was like hey Ruben, man you know everything going okay oh yeah everything's fine does anybody call yeah it's like who was it i don't know man i, didn't get, I was like <laughs> I mean, I'm standing outside this convenience store on a on a payphone, smashing the smashing the phone on the box, man. I'm like, roof. <laughs> if I hadn't have already told you, man, I wouldn't fire you, man, dude. I would let you go. Stop doing that, you know. Just absolutely. I love you, man, but quit with the dick on the phone. Ask who it is. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh, great guy though. Yeah, he. Um, did you know that he had worked for 
15 years for Domino's before he came to you. Yeah. 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 He, uh, yeah, we talked about everything, man. He, um, yeah. And, and matter of fact, and I can remember as a kid, uh, being over at, um, one of my buddy's house, um, this buddy of ours we call dog as a kid growing up, uh, we were out playing in, uh, their front yard and their neighbor's front yard <clears throat> combined to have this long runway where us kids could go and play. And uh, I can remember uh, Rube pulling up to the next house on down and walking a pizza in. Um, even even as a kid, I remember that. Like yeah. you know, and I guess as being I say being a kid, I was probably a uh, an older teenager. Um, because that would have been about the time. Because he was very rememberable. You know, I mean, he had a, a it was it was he just. I won't say stuck out in a crowd, but I mean, he was just, uh, he had a unique uh, look, a very unique individual, man, but absolutely one of the best people, man, I've ever met in my whole life, man. I just, um, I've just absolutely been blessed to know him and, and, uh, and have his friendship because man, he'd tell you straight up, you know, it was no BS. Oh, you knew where he stood for yeah. sure. Yeah. If you didn't like it, well, you go pack sand, you know, yeah. this is, you ain't going to change his mind. <laughs> there was a time, man, you know, so the same girlfriend that I'll tell you, we go to the casino with, she was real high strung at points, you know. I mean, she was, she would show her butt. And, uh, there'd be a time or two. And I used to have like all these just hundreds of pictures that were up in my office space or whatever. And there was a time, man, that she it was just absolutely irate with me for some reason or another. And she came up there to the shop while I wasn't there and went in there to my office, man, and just started ripping oh. stuff off the wall. And, just making a scene. Well, of course, Rube's in there in the kitchen, man, and he just sees. She just walks the old, in the old building? at the old building. So you got a straight eye shot, straight eye shot. Yeah, and she's just in there, just just going crazy, man. And then walked out. Well, when I called to check on things, I was like, "Hey, Rube, how's everything going?" He's like, "Fine." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." I said, "You know, anything, anything, anything happening or something?" He's like, "He's like, yeah." Uh, you know, you may want to come down here and take a look. I'm like, well, what is it? He goes, man, you just need to come look. I'm like, oh, man. Okay. And I'm thinking, hell, there's something. The man, building's on fire. Broke or something. <laughs> yeah. There's something serious, like some kind of mechanical something or another. So when I get down there, he's like, yeah, man, your girlfriend came in here and pretty much wrecked your office, man. I don't know what you did, but I was like, man, you didn't tell her to stop or nothing? He goes, no. <laughs> I ain't getting involved no, in that. No, man, that doesn't do with me. You are in the crazy women. Now, I just remember... That last semester I worked, in, I was in college when I worked for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like, like only half a day Thursday, and I was off. I had any, class, any classes on Friday, and you tell me like, "Hey, if you want to come here and get some extra hours doing lunch prep and working lunch with Rube, Dirty Dave was still there, and and he's like, if you want to come here and help them prep and get and, and do some delivery during during the day before your night shift, you're welcome to." I'm like, yeah, I'll take an extra three or four hours, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that first day I was, this was like in December, I was finishing up college and it, it was, it was cold that day. I'm not one for long sleeves myself, but it was, it was cold that day. So I got there, dirty Dave's back there. What's going on, man? It's the oven, you know, doing, doing dirty Dave stuff. And, uh, Rube came in the back door. <laughs> he had on like a flannel shirt. Dave goes, holy shit. Rube's got on long sleeves. Is it snowing outside? <laughs> yeah. I was like, "What?" He goes, "He never wears sleeves, man. You, just, you, you see, 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 Rube with sleeves on. The apocalypse is coming. You better." He said, "He was because Dirty Dave grew up Pennsylvania, Jersey. You know, he's he used to cold weather. He's still bundled up. 
in Rube, sh- shorts and a tank top yeah, in yeah. January, you know. Yeah, that's for sure, man. He was tough. Rube, Rube was a great guy. Uh, and anybody who knew him was was really blessed to know him because he was such a such a genuine human being. Yeah. You know, like I said. Super big heart. You, you knew where he stood and, you know, you could, if you want to talk about it, that's fine. If not, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Anything else tonight? Good. Shut you good. Yep. Great. Thank you all for listening to this episode of The Hango Show. Be sure to go by tripodbroadcasting.com. Check out all the shows there. Also, if you look down in the um, show notes right now, you'll see some links to our sponsors. We've got ebles.com in there, E-A-B-L-E-S. You can use the promo code HANGO to save 15% on some premium CBD. Also, mydelta8.com is in there. And we also have an affiliate link for Amazon now. So if you're going to shop on Amazon, just bookmark that address there. And when you buy stuff, you put a little wind in the sales of the tripod ship. We'd appreciate it. Again, Harpoon, Jut, love you guys. Love you too. Man. I love all you out there listening. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Have a good night. Bye. <laughs>